0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey. And uh, just before we start the show, we just want to address uh, the incident that happened Monday night with Damar Hamlin, Bill Safety. Scary moments. And, um, you know, it's just a reminder that these guys are people. And we're, we're just hoping he just makes a full recovery. Anthony, you were watching the game. Your thoughts?
1: I mean, uh, I'm a diehard Bills fan, but I think it doesn't matter who you root for. If you're a big football fan, what we witnessed was, was um, you know, was really scary. And uh, um, you know, it's 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 funny in the NFL. You know, you watch games, and it's commonplace when a when a guy gets hurt. Usually, announcers like, "I oh, will take a brief you know time out as the injured whatever player on the field." So you see it time and time again. And you know, when they came back and they said they were still working on him at that point, I was still like, ah, oh, you know. what? Sure, I'll be okay. And then when they went to commercial and came back the second time, you, you heard like how somber they were with their voices. And um, then you start to see, then you see the replay. You really see it, and you just see him lifelessly fall. And um, and then you see this Bills players like crying and Josh Allen's face. And you know, so when that was happening, I actually really got. There was a moment there where I was really scared, where like I legitimately thought they were going to come back and say that he he he, he passed. It was. Um, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was really frightening, and uh, it's just, it just goes to show that, you know, these these athletes, um, you know, the risk they do put out there when they go on the field or ice every day, and uh, just kudos to the medical staff that were able to give him the best care possible to give him the best chance of surviving. And um, you know, now he's at the hospital. I think the latest report today was that. Doctors are seeing some signs of improvement, which is absolutely huge for what he had. You know, when you're without oxygen for for nine minutes, whatever the fear is, you know, what brain dead. So I, I would hope they're seeing some signs of brain activity, which would be a huge plus. But my prayers to 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 him and you know his family, everybody involved. But um, I'll let you guys take it from here. But yeah, it was uh it was really scary, and I and I just pray that. Um, he can live a, a, a normal life. Forget about football. I mean, if he could play again, that's a huge plus. But just hopefully he can have a full, you know, life where he can enjoy it and not be handicapped in any way. Phil, your thoughts?
2: This is just um, a, a terribly unfortunate situation. I mean, I look back to two different incidents that I've seen in my lifetime. In regard to this And I didn't watch the game uh, I, wa- I wasn't I was home But the first things I thought of were One, the Chris Pronger Incident um, when, In the 98 playoffs Where he took the slap shot to the chest I believe it was a Steve Eisenman mm-hmm. shot If I'm correct um, But he took a shot straight to the chest And if you've ever seen the clip He kind of just, he gets up a little bit And then he just collapses right down and he's taken out on a stretcher. And you just know it's bad. Um, it's a condition or it's a medical uh, condition known as uh, cordis. cortis. Yeah. So basically, it's blunt force trauma <laughs> to, your, to your chest and, and, and it causes a cardiac event to happen. And just hope that he's all right. Um, the other incident I thought of, which was even worse which I mean as a ranger fan I can't help it and Anthony you you actually informed me that it happened was Alexei Sharpanov <laughs> and Yarber Yager an accidental collision with Yarber Yager was what basically caused Alexei Sharapanov's condition to trigger um, you know obviously it's a little different with Sharipanov, but you know you're thinking the worst and you know you don't want to think the worst but you're scared when you see something like this and you just you don't know so um uh yeah and and just these these people they're people they're human beings they're not we're not we're not trying to push agendas on these people so if we're talking about vaccines or anything else or anything like that yeah please stop please stop it has nothing to do with that stop mentioning it It, it's it's terrible Mm. just don't push your agendas on a person that's trying to fight for his life that that's just disgusting. And, um, on, on top of that, I mean, then you have people going around <clears throat> saying, you know, worrying about the game. And I see posts online for people worrying about their fantasy leagues and all this other stuff. Like there's more to sports. There's more to life than sports. Yeah, uh, and just have some, have a sense of decency. This guy's life matters more than it does, than the, the game itself. The NFL will figure everything out. They're in an unenviable position, um, but they'll figure everything out. And they'll make the best choice, you know, uh, in, in correspondence to everything that's happened. They'll they'll make the best possible decision that they can make. <coughs> let, let, leave all that other stuff out of it. Let's just pray for, you know, DeMar Hamlin and just make sure that he's able to actually live because like Anthony said, like, there may be possible brain damage from not having oxygen for nine minutes. That's it. And that's, that's a real scary thought. So if he's able to have a normal quality of life, that that's a huge win. If he's able to come back and play football, even better, that would be one of the biggest feel good stories we've ever seen in sports. So just pray for him and and cut the, all the, all the other crap out, please. And, and I'm glad yeah. you brought that up, Phil.
0: And we are going to start the show in a moment, but it's, yeah. it's just the, the easiest thing. The layup, as as you've said a lot with my questions on Bar Talk, is the the layup is cancel the game. Just cancel it. Not a single player wanted to go back out there. Not another. No,
1: you can see it. There's there's no way. No way. There's there's
2: no way. And it doesn't matter what happens with. And just one more thing I want to add to that. Please keep T. Higgins in your thoughts, too, because T. Higgins is, he's got to be beating himself up.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: And there's nothing he did wrong. I, I saw Bob Scott say that he lowered his helmet. It, it, it was a clean shoulder The chest hit. I'm and not going go to. It's done a
0: million times before.
2: It's done. It's done millions and millions of times before. And I mean, there, there has been reports that he's improved significantly today, which is just excellent news. After, especially after waiting so long for updates, but um, it, it's it's a routine hit. And it, there was nothing wrong with it. It wasn't helmet to chest. It was a shoulder to chest. And it's just a terribly unfortunate incident for this to happen. So just hope for the best for DeMar Hamlin. And, and, and that's it.
0: And, and you know what? It's no matter how many millions of dollars or whatever, Bill's uh, home field advantage or, or even Cincinnati, whatever, nothing, nothing compares to this man's life and this man's health. Uh, nothing. There is no dollar amount on that. So the people that kind of joked, hey, I had seven, three, did, did my numbers hit? The answer is go fuck yourself. That's exactly the way that goes. And you're right about everything else with agendas and everything else. It's just, because I mean, I, I, I was certainly surprised I was at work and I'm, a, a good few minutes went by and I just had to text Anthony, what was going on? But uh, all right, again, our thoughts and our hearts go out to him. And and you're right about the other thing, Phil. T. Higgins, you know, sometimes this ruins the other guy's career just as much. Yeah, so. no, he's,
1: he's got to be – I mean, you got to be distraught, you know, to see, you know, what you did, obviously not intentionally, but lead to what happened. That's got to be a terrible, just gut-wrenching feeling. And um, and it's not his fault. Like Phil mentioned, it's Camilo Cordes. It's It's a phenomenon where I read a lot about it since it happened. It's, it basically – the odds are like 200 million to one. It's when – you're, you get hit at the exact exact right spot once your T wave starts to starts to go up and simultaneously in between that mill that millisecond you get hit it could cause you to go into cardiac arrest um, it's it's no one's it's no one's fault it's just it's uh, it's just incredibly it, bad luck that's all you can really it, say
2: it's honestly it's 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 almost as rare as getting struck by lightning really yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah just it's a terribly rare and unfortunate incident that you know happened, and we just we just hope that he's going to be all right, and that's it.
0: Yeah, and I mean that's that's all we can hope for. Great news, though. That uh, sorry, I was trying to kill. Him. No,
2: no, I, I I just wanted to highlight this because this was a this was a yes. high school lacrosse player on Long Island, and this yeah. happened. Um, was it 18 I, years ago? Was, was it- like 15 to 20 years? I I, I, I don't want to bring up the kid's name. I think I remember it, and I don't want to, you know, say the wrong name. But I know exactly what you're talking about. And he got he got hit in the chest with a lacrosse ball and died. It was a high school lacrosse so,
1: player. So uh, cortes is actually uh, common with with lacrosse balls and and baseballs to the chest. And I know this from work at sports already, but that brand um, heart guard started because, because of like a a kid, someone got took a line drive baseball to the chest and same thing. It hit him at that exact moment. And they came out with heart guard and it's a little, it was a little like under armor compression type of tank top. And it had a little plastic piece of padding that protects, that protects your heart. And it, it was big with, you know, little leaguers wearing it under their equipment um soccer players lacrosse players uh so yeah it's it's it like this with the lacrosse player that, that's reasons like that why that product was really created and it's um unfortunately it happens you know not a lot but still too you know too much for anybody's liking but yeah
0: yeah yeah and I know we can probably go on talking about this for a while but we're going to we're going to go on with the show right now and um Just again, our thoughts and prayers with uh, Hamlin's family. So here we go, guys.
2: All right, it's a difficult juxtaposition, but we're going to do it anyway. Welcome back
0: to Big Apple Hockey. It's rare that the What we cover the most, the Rangers and the Islanders, they're our B-block today. But I am your host, Mark Williams, and I'm with Mr. John Fulkowski right now.
2: Again, prayers and thoughts to DeMar Allen, his family, his friends, Bills, and the the Bengals. But um, definitely have some hockey to cover as well, including a big Ranger win last night, as well as a big Islander win last night. Uh, They dominated in their wins, so... Uh, yeah, I've got a lot to talk about today.
0: Yeah, and one of the key figures to talk about that is Mr. Anthony Larocco.
1: Yeah, uh, just to, to follow up, on Phil definitely, like I said, prayers up for Demar Hamlin and his family. Bills Mafia, we love you, Demar. We're all rooting for you. But um, uh, you know, the Sabers, uh, the Sabers, um, you know, played a strong game in in his name last night with Tage Thompson's going a hat trick. But we've got a lot of hockey to talk to, so let's kick it off.
0: Yeah, and there is a lot of hockey, and there was a lot of good hockey from both New York teams last night. Very um, just encouraging on a lot of parts, and we're going to start with the New York Rangers. By the way, whenever we can, try to watch the final buzzer with John Fulkowski, the man that's right there. And uh, I will definitely be getting back the 60-second ga- game reviews starting this week. Hopefully I have a new blog post coming out this week as well. Also, if you haven't checked it out, check out, uh, Mark on the road in Chicago and, uh, going to be going to Buffalo later this month. Guys, by the way, I am going to the game where Ryan Miller is getting his number retired.
2: So, awesome.
0: yeah. So that is, that is going to be great. Hopefully but, you can uh, and across him
2: and, uh, and refresh him that, uh, he came on with us. <laughs> I, I, hopefully I get to see him. Hopefully I get to see him.
0: Yeah. But, um, Last night, the York Rangers had a 4-3 comeback win. I was like 5-3, so that's a typo. I'm sorry. Um, wait a minute. I hit the wrong one.
1: They had a yeah, 4-3 comeback
0: say, win. What? Yeah. Uh, they, they had a 4-3 <laughs> comeback win, a 5-3 comeback win against the Carolina Hurricanes. Sorry, everybody. Um, at least we're back to typos and me pressing <laughs> the wrong button. Um, and Alexei Lafreniere scratched on Friday night. The Rangers end up losing in shootouts. And but they hand Carolina their first regulation loss when they're leading in the, going into the third period. Rangers move into third place with 48 points and a goal differential of plus 19. Phil, to the New York Rangers, make a statement last night.
2: That was a big win. Um, it was, I, I want to call it a very gutsy win because they ended up uh, coming back. And they were, they were down one nothing. They came back and, and tied the game. And then Carolina scores seconds later. And then they, they, they come back to make it 2-2. Carolina scores. They make it 3-2. Then the Rangers come back to tie the game. And they don't give up the lead. And they had a, a real good third period. Um, I don't know if I want to call it a statement win. But it, it was definitely a, a very good win to have because of the adversity they dealt with throughout that game. Uh, The only thing I'm going to say in regards to this is that a game like this is so wild and unpredictable because both of the goalies really did not have a great night. Um, More so Coach than Shesterkin, although I don't think Shesterkin was himself. I do think that two of the goals that were led up by Shesterkin were completely not his fault. They were nothing he could do, especially the first. And the third ones, they were just kind of, sloppy, broken plays. Um, But, yeah, Kochetkov had a problem with the five-hole big time. He could not keep that five-hole closed. And, yeah, one of the goals was a deflection that ended up going through his five-hole, but he just looked off. Um, And you heard Joe Micheletti uh, say a couple of times throughout the game, that the, the Rangers players are saying throw pucks on net. He's shaky. He's weak. He's mentally fragile. Throw pucks on net. And they ended up doing that. Like the Artemi Panarin goal was bad. Oh, terrible! goal was even worse. Like that was supposed to be a deflection. Trocek never got the piece of that. He got a power play goal for throwing a pass on net. So Kochekov was not great. Um, and And, you know, the Hurricanes – they, they played well, but Kuchetkov definitely did not help his team out at all last night. So um, I would like to see these two teams again when the goaltending is on and, and see how it looked then, because I don't know if I could really call it a statement with the goaltending being as in flux as it was last night.
0: Well, they're going to be playing three more times this season, and that's still one more than they played the Islanders, so explain that one to me. Anthony, your thoughts on the Rangers last
1: night? Yeah, I kind of agree with Phil. Um, you know, Igor Sturkin's save percentage last night was eight seventy, and the Rangers still won the game. Um, you know, that just goes to show, like Phil said, Kachekov wasn't wasn't good either. But um, listen, they they beat a really good Hurricanes game uh, that was been red hot. Um, so that that's always a good thing to put in your back pocket. Um, and listen, guys, yeah, like I said, like I said last week. The Metro is is unbelievable. Um, you know, at this at this time last week, the Islanders were were out of a playoff spot, and I mentioned don't be surprised if teams kind of just keep circulating on you know sharing some time in in that nine spot. Um, now it's the Penguins' turn. Um, the Rangers had it for a brief little time there uh, in number nine spot. Now the Penguins are in the nine spot, so um, you have you have to keep picking up points because this this Metro team this Metro division is just really really. Really too tough, and you know, if you lose a game or two, you can find yourself on the outside looking in. So, um, the Rangers did themselves a favor by again um, getting a big two points. Because if they didn't, then you know um, they'd be really feeling some pressure from behind, and they still are. But um, it's just it's just so so tight right now. You really, it's almost like you need to win every game. But um, I like what the Rangers saw, what they did offensively. Um, you know, they kind of they kind of really brought it to the Hurricanes there. Put them back on their heels for a while there. Uh, and Kachekov couldn't give the Hurricanes the big save when they needed it. But um, again, still can't take it away. The Hurricanes are a really great team. The Rangers went in and, and got the job done by getting the two points. Anthony, you hit, a, you
0: hit a, a very big nail on the head that the Metro, this is one reason why the Philk and I were kind of demanding for Gawant's job last month. Because if you slide in any way, you, you're gone. Because the Metro was so competitive this year. And yeah. look no further than the New Jersey Devils. Best start in franchise history. <laughs> 21 wins in, tw- in the first 25 games. And they're on the verge of being kicked out of the playoffs. They're only, um, I believe, six points up on the Penguins right now. and With 49 points, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's how competitive the Metro is. So, it's... Carolina putting themselves in a great position, obviously, with this 11-game win streak. There's going to be win streaks galore with everybody. Uh, I had the Penguins in their last 10 a
2: minute ago. I think I have it in Barton. I
1: think think the Penguins have lost the last four or five in a row, I'm pretty sure.
2: Yeah, something like that. But, don't look, now the Buffalo Sabres are – they're coming on hot. And we're going to talk more about the Buffalo Sabres
0: in a moment as well. Oh, actually, about 20 minutes. And because yeah. uh, <laughs> we, we, we got a lot more to cover before we get to the Sabres and our Bar Talk topics. But yes. it's just, there's that's why it's so important. Every point is crucial. This might be the most critical season mm-hmm. for all the Metropolitan Division teams. And, you know, maybe you get like a Buffalo that could sneak in there. I still don't think the math works out. But, Phil, I gave my 10 minute rant on it on Friday. What were your thoughts on the Alexei Lafreniere scratch?
2: All right. So I feel like we've gone over this just in other situations with other players, like almost ad nauseum to this point, but I'll try to rehash this and keep this pretty short and not bore everybody to death. One, Alexei Lafreniere is not free of blame. We're not going to absolve him of blame. He has to be better um he has to be consistent he's learning how to be a pro and that's a big part of it we're seeing that with capo caco right now what have you guys noticed about capo caco lately much more confident
1: he's just his overall points aren't where they probably like him to be yet but he's playing well he's playing well
2: on the contrary the points he's produced in in his last 11 games i believe he has 10 points so that's that's what I'm really talking cool. about
1: overall. I get what you're oh, saying. Yes. He, overall. He's, yeah, really cool. of
2: course. But the other thing I was talking was I was trying to get at was actually his consistency. The consistency in his game is just every night he's going out there. Uh, you can see the intention in his game. You know, he's playing with a purpose. You could see it every shift <laughs> uh, and he, he may not always produce, but it, it's there and he's trying to make things I mean, happened. yeah. And Pete's saying he doesn't look out of place anymore. Mm-hmm. That's another. That's another good point. But I, I, I mean, Alexi Lafreniere has to to learn how to do that, and he he's got to be better. He's young. He's only one. He's only two. Uh, one year younger than Capo Caco. So I mean, he's right there. But the biggest thing for me is that he scratched Alexi Lafreniere for a player like Sammy Blay, who has been who was given far more complacent efforts than Alexi Mm Lovett here. And not only that, but he's taken bad penalties, which have put the Rangers in a terrible position at times and have cost them Uh, the game against um, the Penguins. Blake took a terrible penalty that led to a power play and a power play goal against, which ended up being the game winner and Sammy play has not been good. And I know he's coming back from an injury, but how long are we going to give him that rope for? So for me, Um, when you want to preach accountability, meritocracy, and so on, you've got to, you've got to practice that across the board as a coach. Otherwise, eventually the message falls on deaf ears and players just ignore it. And that's how you lose a locker room. That's what happened with David Quinn. Same thing happened with David Quinn. T to a T it happened. Um, so you know what? I, I, I get what Gallant's trying to do, and he's trying to do the best for the development, but there's gotta be a different way to do it, and you can't just bench these guys every time they make a mistake. So that that's my thoughts. Anthony, your quick thoughts.
1: I mean, one one game, uh, so I don't I don't really have a huge problem with it, you know. Um just wanted to send a young player, maybe a message, let him let him take a step back, watch the game from afar. Maybe you know a couple of things might go off there in his head, the light bulb moment. Um, so again, I'm not I'm not going to kill him for it. Um, I know because you know he, he played semi-blay in favor of him that drew the ire from a lot of Ranger fans. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think one game with Lafreniere out of the lineup was going to hurt him. Um, like Phil said, he's not absolved from from any of this. He's he's not he's not producing and he's not producing, but I mean, he's also, he doesn't really also really always look that he's really competing as hard as he should night in and night out. Um, so I think, I think that's more so the issue with Gallant has with his compete level rather than the, rather than the points. Cause eventually if you compete, if your compete levels really up and you're as skilled as, as you are, the points will come. Um, so who knows, uh, may, maybe in the long run, it'll do him some good. I know. You know he's stuck on seventeen points. He hasn't registered a point yet since he came back. But um, you know it's it's a learning curve. He's a young player, and I'm I'm sure I'm sure. Hopefully he learned from it. And honestly, it might not be the last time he he's scratched. If he goes another, let's say, ten games or eight games, and he's not really doing much, I, I'm not really I'm not going to say that Gallant wouldn't do it again. Uh, but again, I'm I don't think it's really the end of the world. I, listen, if he kept scratching him, then then yeah, that's an issue. But it was one game, so. I didn't really have a problem with it.
0: Yeah, I still don't find really much use of it, but hopefully their communication was there. I I love the way the locker room handled it. They gave him the Broadway hat the other night, and um, you know what? And yeah, he's got things he's got to work on, and you look at a guy that's now breaking out this season, Marnie Natchez. He wasn't a number one overall draft pick, but he's breaking out. Uh, Vitaly Kratsov seems like he's coming along. He's suddenly playing a lot better, so it's not exactly the end of the world uh but the pending restricted free agency is something also that's a concerning thing that's coming up soon and that's actually going to happen with a couple guys but we got to move on everybody because there was another performance from a new york team because the islanders went two and one this week they dominate columbus i mean i know it was a two-one game that they dominated columbus that game and uh, Vancouver last night, they fell to Seattle. By the way, Anthony is mildly ironic. Seattle beat New York twice that night, but uh, I didn't want, want to, to chess, share yeah. that. Yeah, I didn't want to share that online. <laughs> um, everybody had a little bit too much of that. But you got to marvel at what the Islanders did last night. I know Vancouver is kind of struggling. You look at the Islanders right now, fifth in the Metro, 45 points. There's their record. A plus 20 goal differential. That's better than every team in front of them sands uh i think new jersey and i think who scored again? right uh yeah carolina uh, carolina i had to look at that again but all the, the wild card teams the potential ones they're better than uh. rangers and the capitals and they just went ahead of the penguins and anthony who scored again aturatu scored again parker witherspoon not just his first point oh, where he them. grew up i mean I, I always forget how to pronounce his name um but i mean that's a great story though you wouldn't you want to get your first angel point your own in your hometown
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah it's pretty cool all right so go on anthony um, um
1: what so, yeah, what you, mentioned you, that columbus, you mentioned that columbus game uh dominated him honestly i felt bad for Sorokin. he lost his shutout with 20 seconds left which i feel like always happens to him so early on in his career he's lost <laughs> a bunch of, you know less than a minute left but um you know, like they, they, they beat the worst team in the East, like any, like you should, you got to beat those teams. They got the, they did the job there. Um, the game against Seattle, honestly, you know, they mailed it in. Um, I did not, I did not like the effort at all. That game, um, uh, flying out to Seattle. Maybe they had a little too much the night before celebrating new years, but, um, they just didn't have it. Uh, but thankfully they bounced back against Vancouver last night. Um, you know, they honestly I, in the early part of that first period, it was shades that Seattle game. I'm like, oh man, here we go again. Uh, I don't know what, what's with them right now, but um, they after the first period, they just took it to Vancouver. Um, and they just once they got the first goal, they smelled blood, and then from there, it was pretty much over. Uh, you mentioned Atu Ratu got his second goal, um, not really playing much at all, though. He's playing on the fourth line with Martin and Johnston right now. Um, but he got, he got him started. Pajot adds a power play goal. Barzell um, got his 10th, which, by the way, Barzell's 10th goal. Early in the season, you're, you're wondering if the guy was even going to reach that number. Now, you know, um, he might even, you know, score 20 this year. So uh, he's, he's, he's turned it around with putting the puck in the net. Um, Sazikas adds another. Pajot gets, adds a second. Empty net goal. But, um, yeah, overall, uh, so far, these these last these last three games, with the exception of the Seattle game, that was a little bit of a stinker. Um, they're, they're chugging along with, you know, with some you know guys like Parker Weatherspoon still in the lineup, Hudson Fashing. Um, you know, Ross Johnson's playing, unfortunately, uh, but hopefully Clutterbuck and <laughs> Palmieri. <Mary. laughs> yeah, hopefully Clutterbuck and uh, Palmieri should be back soon um, and that will definitely help there. Um, we'll see if Ratu sticks around. I don't know if he will. I, I think when they're fully healthy, he'll probably go back to Bridgeport, which is fine. Um, don't really have an issue with that. At least he got a cup of tea, got to look at him, see what he could do. But um, yeah, no, now they got back to back tomorrow and, and uh, Friday against the Oilers and the Flames. So uh, those will be challenging games. Anytime you go out West to play those two teams, regardless of how they're doing in the standings, those games can mm-hmm. really honestly go either way. Um and they just need to get getting points. You know, as I told you, Mark, uh, the, the Metro division is the Metro's division is really tight. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the Islander win tomorrow, and not that I, I don't really think it would happen, the Rangers are going to beat the Canadians. But, you know, that happens. And now all of a sudden you get got three teams all tied with 48 points and, you know, dangerously close to, to falling out if you lose a game. So, um, you know, they, they I would like to see them pick, pick up three of the next four points here in these next two games. Uh, you know, and and keep it going and keep moving up because you want to start to give some separation between the the teams that are below you. I know the Penguins aren't going to go away, but um, you want not to have to worry about the Red Wings and the Sabres and all those teams. So um, just got to keep getting points, uh, get healthy, and, uh, you know, go from there. Uh, Verlamov is back, though, so I'm sure he'll probably start either tomorrow or Friday. Schneider's back in Bridgeport, so that's a good thing to have Verlamov back. But yeah, just, uh, just keep it going, finish the road trip strong, and then, you know, come back home.
0: And you know what? All you got to do is just get at least two wins versus Connor McDavid, who I think he just scored, even though he's not playing. That's how much he's been scoring lately. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, and then you got to play Daryl Sutter's Calgary
2: Flames. Phil, your thoughts on the Islanders this week? Four and one in their last five since the Ranger loss. Um, and they they've had some real good games um they beat a good Pittsburgh team they lost to what is now I I can't believe I'm saying this as early as I am with the roster that they have but a good Seattle team Mm -hmm. um so they lost to a good Seattle team no shame in that last year at this time would we've been saying those words (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) absolutely not but um They lost to a good Seattle team. No shame in that. They beat the teams that they were supposed to beat, and then they absolutely beat the crap out of Pittsburgh last week. Just absolutely destroyed them. Uh, We talked about that. It just they they played great against those teams, so um, they've got to keep this up. Um, I really like what I'm seeing from Atu Ratu. I, I mean, he gets his first career goal, then he gets his second last night against Vancouver on a really nice play. A little break in there. Um, he looks like he belongs. I, 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 You know what? As a hockey fan, and I know I'm a Ranger fan, so I'm not really supposed to be liking this or hating this rather, but um, as a hockey fan, I I actually hate the fact that they're probably going to send him down. You're right, that they're probably going to send him down once once everybody gets healthy because I, I would like to see this kid continue to play and continue to grow and see what he can do. So I, I personally think he's ready. I think he's right there. If you, if there was a definition of like, if I guess the hockey equivalent of a of a quad quad A player in baseball, yeah, I mean, yeah. For, I've heard before Mark, yeah, yeah. So like a quadruple A player, I, I think that's what he is. So um, I, I I really would love to see Ratu continue to play. Um, the Islanders continue to get production up and down their lineup and is hell freezing over or did Matt Barzal decide that he was going to start shooting pucks? Yeah, he did. He did. I mean, shot. I mean, what I've talked about a shot in the past and his tendencies, but I mean, if you do that, you're going to continue to be around a point per game player. And then, you know, there you go. So you need your best guys to be your best guys. Um, the Islanders most important guys out right now. So, um Connor McJesus and Leon DrySidle tomorrow night. That's gonna be a tough test with uh not having Adam Pellick. So we'll see oh, how that goes. Yeah, and
0: that's that's one thing about about them. I, I have to applaud the Islanders' depth in their organization right now. Hudson Fashing, I believe, had 17 minutes last night of yeah, uh, oh, sorry, were, yeah, was it fashing or was it witherspoon? A Weatherspoon that had 17 minutes. One of those guys. Their depth has been great, Anthony. That's what I was trying to get to. My numbers were off for a minute. Sorry, guys.
1: Yeah. I mean – Go ahead. I mean, Watherspoon has – you know, he's one of those guys, to be honest with you, um, you know, I didn't really know, you know, much about him. Um, I know he – he was he play. I think he played two hundred and ninety something career AHL games before he finally got his shot with the Islanders. Um, you know, but honestly, he, he looks he looks like a guy that you know might might be able to be a pretty good defensive for him going forward. He he skates he skates really well. He defends well. Um, and for a defenseman, if you could skate well and keep up with you know fast forwards and and move the puck, you have a That's good chance of right yeah, you have a good chance of being a defenseman at the NHL level and um, you know, who, who knows, you know, what, he, what he could turn into, you know, but I, I like what he's done so far. And, and it's important because Adam Pellick, as Philip mentioned, being out is, is, is not good. And, you know, what's even more worrisome is he's been out a while now and there hasn't been any word on him resuming skating. So I, I don't, you know, concussions can be a scary thing. So, um, you know, he, you know, he really, he really stepped up and, and has helped them at least, you know, keep the, the ship afloat while, while Pellick is out. And, because you know, if you look at the right side of their defense, it's you know it's strong. Paul, Pollock, Dobson, and Mayfield. You look at the left side of their defense; it's Romanov, it's you know, Watherson, Ajo. and you be like, oh, that could be that could be really troublesome. But Wilderspoon has made that not as scary as he thought it would be. So, uh, but you're right, Mark. He, he's played well. Hudson Fashing has has played really well. He's earned the coach's trust. Um, he's a big body. It's actually chipped in here and there, and you know that, that's that's all you can ask for. Unsung hero
2: of the season is it Parker wilderspoon?
1: <laughs> I mean, if, if he keeps, if he keeps playing this way, they, yeah, he's, he's been, he's been, really so.
2: I would he say so, so. Right. for him to come in there and like you said, play almost what, for almost 300 games, the AHL level and, and, and not really stick in the NHL and then to come in and play as well as he has. And he's playing close to close to 20 minutes a game almost at this point. I mean, for him to kind of take on that workload this early into his NHL career, even though he's, experienced in the pro game itself it's pretty impressive and you know what
0: um <clears throat> i had the thought that i just lost it <laughs> yeah. but no they're but again they're, they've been doing so great with their with their depth everything that they've they've been doing they haven't been missing the injured players and then when you get those other players back that's only going to help help matters even more probably gonna remember everything in a moment that i was just thinking about but that's gonna be all right uh, No, 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 not trading
1: trading Scott Mayfield wicked. I mean, there's there's they have a good chance of making the playoffs right now as the Mm -hmm. Capitals, the Rangers, you know, or the Penguins. There's there's no need to trade Scott Mayfield right now. That would be that would be signaling that you're giving up. And what kind of message would that send would that send in the room? I I understand from the point of asset management, he's a free agent. They may not be able to keep him. But, I mean, no. They would have to get an offer they can't
2: review. Yeah, me, they're, so. they're,
1: they're, they're three it, points out of second in the division. If anything, they, Lou's going to buy at the deadline. He's not He's not trading Scott Mayfield. It's not, no, it's not happening. They, they, no, they no, would no. have to get an offer that's so
2: stupid that it's not <laughs> worth making for the other yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. And even then, I don't know if I would be able to do that as a general manager to, to give up on one of my better defensemen and, and basically signal – that are uh, that to the to locker room that hey, I don't believe in you guys, you know, that that's what that says when you go and trade a player like that. When oh, you get into the playoffs, so that that's a real bad message to send. And
0: if anything, Lou manages his assets better than most GMs in the league. All right, guys, let's go around the NHL and do some bar talk.
1: Shot, this is the easiest cyber to answer. Let me beer. I can't even begin to describe.
0: I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. I still love it that Anthony called me a hacker in the middle of that sentence. (laughs) All right, guys, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident? You're going to buy everybody around. Oh, Oh, dear God, I'm not confident. I need a shot. Or, you know, I'll just have a beer. So, so. Play along down in the comments below. And we're going to start with a guy who might be on the trade block, guys. Ryan O'Reilly, this season, 10 goals, 6 assists, 16 points. By the way, lowest plus minus in the NHL for a guy who won the Selkie before. Minus 28. And he's currently out for, I think it's, is it six weeks he's out right now, I heard?
1: Yes, it's about six weeks. Six weeks.
0: weeks. The Rangers should acquire Ryan O'Reilly at the deadline, Mr. John Fulkowski.
2: You know what? At first, I wanted to say shot, just because what would you do with another center? But I would easily move somebody over the wing for this guy, and it, 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 they would have to they would have to retain on this. But Ryan O'Reilly would make the Rangers a real dangerous team to play against come playoff time because that would give them an, an, another established two way center, a guy that can win faceoffs. A guy that's got Stanley Cup and cons my pedigree. Um, I, I just don't know if they should be giving up the assets for a guy like that because it's a piece that puts you over the top. So I'm going to say beer here um, just because I, I just don't know if they're in the position to really try, and try to pull that off. I think what they think they should do is probably more akin to what they did last year, last year's deadline.
1: Anthony. I was going to say shot too, but I think he convinced me to change to beer just because Ryan O'Reilly is your prototypical, prototypical playoff player. Um, you know, face-offs, grit, uh, leadership, can can chip in offensively. Uh, but, you know, he is a center. I, I think the Ranger would be better suited on getting a, a scoring wing. Um, you know, his, his also injured teammate in St. Louis, Vladimir Tarasenko, could be a fit as he's a winger and he's a sniper. I think that maybe fits a little better than getting another center. So um, for that reason, I'll go with the beer.
0: I'm actually going to go with beer as well. I wanted to say buying everybody around, but I'm going to go with beer. The reason why also we got to admit Filipinos contract is coming up. What is Filipinos future with the New York Rangers? That's another thing that goes into it. Ryan O'Reilly wouldn't
2: help address that though.
0: No, he wouldn't help address that, but he would address it for this season. And then what you could do is you you give – I'm just saying in, in general with Filippito, because if you upgrade from Filippito, who was benched last night, whether or not that was deservedly so or not, that poor kid on the third goal, you saw the wick on his face. But the question also is, 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 is that going to make the Rangers a legitimate cup contender? It could if they upgrade to get another defensive center. Maybe that could happen. Going over to the Islanders. Not a layup. Yes, not a. Although I do have a graphic for you on that one, uh, Phil. I can't wait for that one. Uh, Nashville's Matthias Eckholm, and it's Matthias, signed at six point two five until twenty twenty six. Three goals, ten assists, and thirteen points a season. Anthony, the Islanders should get Matthias Ekholm.
1: So he's. I mean, he's a legitimate, you know, top four left shot defenseman on the left side. Uh, left over Adam right. Pelek is going to be out a really long time. I mean, he, he would help, but uh, a lot. Um, but I'm going to answer this question the same way, you know, when we pose about Jacob and another left-handed defenseman who's available. Um, as much as I would love either of them, um, even though the Islanders really haven't had issues scoring goals, they still could use another legitimate top six forward. Because, you know, guys like Bailey and um they're too streaky and they don't provide enough offense. So um, I still think, you know, getting a guy like Tarasenko or or getting Bo Horvat and moving him to the wing or moving, you know, Nelson or someone else to the wing um, would would really help them a long way. Now, if there was a way that they could split up, you know, it would probably kill their asset pool. But, I mean, if there was a way that they could, you know, get both, then, yeah, I, I would be all for that. But, gun, uh, you know, gun to my head, at home or scoring forward – I think I still go with the forward, although come playoff time defense wins. And if Pellick was going to be out a long time, that left side is problematic, even as good as Warless has been playing. So I don't know. It's not, it's not as easy as I thought when I first saw this was going to be the bar talk topic, but um, I guess, I guess I'll go with a beer.
2: Okay. Phil. That's why I post this one. I figured this one would be, you know, get you going a little bit there, Anthony. Um, yeah, I I'm gonna say a beer just because of a lot of the things that you mentioned, um, they could use a defenseman, but they could absolutely use a sniper more. Um, but there's also the injury situation with Adam Pellick. and you don't we don't know how long he's gonna be out for. You haven't gotten any updates as far as I can tell because you would have them first before anybody I knew. Um, I, I just I don't see. Because they don't have a great asset pool, that's the biggest thing for me. With it, is they the assets that you have? You would have to give up one of Ratu or Dufour or Holmstrom or something like that, and then maybe first round picks. And then what's left after that in the in the cupboard for the Islanders? Not a lot, if anything. So uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say be. You know what? I'm gonna change this to shot. I mean, <laughs> it, gonna a shot. Screw it. shot no shot um, you
0: know, I'm, I'm gonna go beer and it's because i still i have trouble looking at the islanders and figuring out what exactly what their need is outside of Triggerman for the power play now i mean you got Dobson who's been real good for them on the power play you got barzell who could distribute and brock Nels has been great at the bumper and andersley is up front but you 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 tell me you add, like, a Vladimir Tarasenko. Now now you're looking at the Islanders going, oh, boy, look at these guys. And, uh, and you know what? I'm not convinced it's 100% what their need is, but he would definitely fulfill a hole. And he signed the 2026. Lou would definitely like that. Uh, is, by the way, are they bad. playing right now, folk? What? USA, Canada, are they playing right now?
2: Uh, yeah, it's coming up shortly, so.
0: Oh, okay. I thought it was actually tomorrow, but all right.
2: So we're, we're going to keep getting this going. The whole battle game is tomorrow.
0: All right. Guys, the Tampa Bay Lightning are 8-2 in their last 10. I can't believe I'm actually asking this question, but the Tampa Bay Lightning are an under-the-radar team, and I'm actually going to start it off. I'm buying around on this. When, nobody's talking about the Lightning. We're all talking about different teams and everything. Like, I think everybody's just kind of assuming the Lightning are done. No, the Lightning are very much there. That's it. Philk
2: I think with the stories with the Devils, um, their rise and then their fall, and now Pittsburgh's rise and their fall, um, I, I, I would, I, I think Tampa Bay has kind of gotten lost in the shuffle and things, and people aren't really talking about them, but they are. They are playing well, and considering the guys that they've lost, they've had Brandon Hagel step up into a top-six role after being a third-line role, uh, third-line player last year when they acquired him. So um, Tampa Bay seems like to be like Detroit and the Devils of the of the 90s and the 2000s, where they just continue to get these cogs that come in and they play over their head or something, or they just come out of nowhere and they just continue to help the team win. So, yeah. They're under the radar for me. I'm buying around on this. All right, Anthony.
1: I'm gonna go beer. Um, you know they made the Stanley Cup Finals last three years in a row. Uh, they know what it takes. They've been there now. Um, I just think they're they they know how good they are. I think they know they're gonna make the playoffs. So I think sometimes they just kind of not coast, but you know they it seems like they're just kind of just moving along. You know at a you know slow pace and just kind of whistling Dixie. Uh, and then come playoff time, they they, they turn it up because they know what victory tastes like. Uh, they know what you have to do to get there. Um, I kind of think that's what's going on right now. I mean, yeah, they're behind, like, the Leafs and the Bruins right now. Um, but come playoff time in a, in a seven-game series, um, I think I would pick Tampa Bay just because, you know, Vasilevsky turns into Superman in, in the playoffs and, you know, yeah. games. Especially, so, yeah,
0: especially closeout games.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with a beer here.
0: Well, I mean, they're just amazing, and they just keep churning out everything. Phil, you mentioned Nick Paul when you were talking about it, right?
2: Yeah. He just – you get him from Ottawa. You get Brandon Hagel, and these guys just come in, and they just continue to produce, and they're replacing guys that have left, like, you know, your Andre Palazzo, Tyler Johnson's, and stuff like that. you imagine if they can – move a, a guy like Alex Killorn and, and replace him with a cheaper bottom six option and then go out and get maybe another score to complement that, uh, that top six. I mean, Tampa Bay would be real deadly. And then they lose McDonough and Ruta on top of that, and they bring in you know Ian Cole, and, and Ian Cole just fits right into Ruta's, uh, Ruta's uh, spot. It just
1: – and then Perbix comes out of nowhere, and you know he plays well for
2: Just it's out of, out of nowhere. And you know what? You know you got to give a lot of credit to Tampa Bay's development and uh, their organizational and and especially the Syracuse Crunch because these yeah. guys continue to come up from Syracuse, their AHL team, and just produce for them and be key contributors and come right off the bat and produce. So good on Syracuse and good on Tampa for being able to get these guys to step right in. Well, one guy that's stepping up for his team greatly
0: right now, Tage Thompson completes a hat trick last night, including the winner against the Capitals. If the Sabers make the, if the Sabers make the playoffs, Tage Thompson should win the Hart Trophy, Mister John Fulkowski. I'm
2: gonna buy a round on this. Um, Ooh, yeah, I don't think he will if that's the case, because if McDavid and the Oilers make the playoffs and he continues to score at the pace that he's on. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in Gretzky and Lemieux territory, and it's going to be nearly impossible to, to deny him of the heart at that point. But this should be around for me, and this should happen, because what this guy is doing is just Herculean. It's just he's literally carrying that team on his back. So I've got to buy around on this.
0: Anthony.
1: I'm buying around, too. Um, the guy is following up a fantastic year this year with an even more incredible year um, so far this year. Um, he's been – I mean, forget about being Buffalo's best player. If it weren't for Connor McDavid right now, I would say Tage Thompson has been the best forward in, in the NHL, and it would be hard to argue that. The goals are there. The points are there. Um, you know, for someone so big, the way he skates and creates out there, it's really astonishing – um, so good on the Sabre fans they they finally can use a you know because Eichel didn't work out to what they envisioned when they drafted him Tage Thompson is bringing them out of their seats Uh, so good on them so yeah like Phil mentioned if the Sabres make the playoffs I think McDavid would still win it if the Oilers made it just because the year he's having it's absolutely incredible Um also with that said it's gonna be hard for the Sabres to make the playoffs you know they're they're four points behind Pittsburgh, six behind the Islanders, eight behind the Rangers, and I, I still as good as Thompson is, I still take the Penguins, Rangers, and Islanders over Buffalo. Um, you know, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So it'll it'll be difficult, but they're they're knocking on the door, which is you know progress for Saber fans. That's what you want to see.
0: I'm gonna remove the words if the Sabers make the playoffs. Right now, he's my MVP because. You could say whatever you will about Connor McDavid. By the way, Connor McDavid, we've said this in our preview. The guy is automatically nominated for the heart every single year. But it's I can't help but look at McDavid and say, Well, the guy that's right behind you and scoring in the NHL is on your team. So you can't exactly be the most and the, neither one of these guys are in the playoffs, but T H. Thompson's got got far less talent than Connor McDavid has. I mean, they don't yeah, have no Leon
2: Drysaddle with them.
0: Yeah, it does. They're, Leon saddle ain't nowhere to be frowned. Hey, I mean, come on. It's not even close.
2: All right. Let's go to the West Coast, guys, and let's go to the L.A. Kings, second place. One thing before you say anything else, but okay. does Tage Thompson not remind you of like peak Randy Moss about how much of like a matchup nightmare he is in terms of size and skill and everything? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's gotta yes. be that, and the best part about it is Phil. I think he's their matchup center too. So yes. you're not getting around it. <laughs> like he's not only he's not only scoring at this clip, but he's also shutting down your top line. Or, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, so yes, the LA Kings, second place in the Pacific, four points out of first place behind Vegas. But I got to say, guys, the Kings are no threat to the Vegas Golden Knights. Anthony. I'm
1: going to say shot. I I know they're a minus five goal differential, which is weird for a team where they are in the standings. Um, But, I mean, four points isn't four points isn't a lot, Mark. And, uh, you know, I think L.A., I mean, their defense, I think, leaves a little bit to be desired and. You know, they're, they're goaltending. Um, you know, we saw it ha- happen early in the year with Cal Peterson being waived because he's been mm. really struggling. Jonathan Quick's the guy again. Um, but they got they got guys that could put the puck in them. I mean, Fiala, Arvidsson, Kopitar, uh, Juice, which is Adrian Kempe. He, he's good. Um, you know, so they, they got they got good pieces at the forward position. Um, and, you know, Vegas, Vegas has had some injury woes. And, you know, they've been up and down a little bit erratic. At times. Um, so, I mean, I still think the Knights will probably win the division. But, I mean, the Kings aren't going to go away either. So, that's why I'm saying shot.
0: Phil.
2: I'm going to say shot just because they're they're really close right now. Um, realistically, I, I, I think Vegas takes that division. I just think that LA is not good enough I think if they add another piece or two at the deadline I think maybe they're in there maybe they're they'll, they'll give them more of a run of their money but I, I think that Vegas is just a, a real complete team up and down they're as close to as a complete team in the NHL as any team um, so uh, shot in that regard in the standings but I, I guess in a series I, I, I don't
0: see LA beating them in a series. I, I got to go with a beer on this one, and that's because you said before, that minus five goal differential, man, that sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, they've had some big losses and some okay. big wins, too. But you know what? Um, They got to sell their goal I think. Uh, I think Phoenix Copley's been playing a lot for them.
1: Lately, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He, he, came, he came up when Peterson cleared waivers.
0: Right, so – I mean, you gotta figure out what's going on in net and hopefully they, they got something. Um uh, maybe, maybe with him. Who knows? And, and you could do stuff like that for short term bursts. It's just whether or not you could do it for the long term. Guys, we're gonna move on to uh any any either one of you watching Winter Classic.
1: Yeah, I, I saw the second period on
2: Yeah, I watched some of it. Yeah, I watched all of it. And by that the way, uh, on our poll
0: right now, 56% of the people watching say they did not watch the Winter Classic at all. Ouch. We're going to get to that in a second. But in the first period, Tristan Jari left with it yeah, looked like a right side or a knee injury. You're not exactly sure. But a potential Tristan Jari injury could spell doom for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Phil
2: He's having a really good year, uh, surprisingly. Um I'm not the biggest fan of him. I'm not really a believer, but he's having a really good year. Um, he's part of what's holding Pittsburgh up, uh, even though I do think that their success comes from structure, good coaching, and then, you know, having two generational talents play for them. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to have to buy a round on this actually, uh, because of the fact that their goaltending depth is really not good after that. Casey Desmith is, He's an average backup. <laughs> Agreed, He's not terrible, but you don't want him in net for an extended period of time. You don't want him in net nightly. That, that, that's not good news for you. And then who do they have after that? They're, I mean, there's no more Louis Domingue.
1: They called up Dustin Tkarski. He's he got called oh, up God. with
2: Charlie. is oh, jeez. Okay, is it 2014? Yeah, it, yeah. All right, it's not. It's not. So Dustin Tukarski means nothing. Oh, yeah. But you don't want to Carstens to Smith splitting games. You don't. That's not good goaltending depth. So yeah, um, yeah the, I, I'm gonna buy around on that, Anthony.
1: I'm gonna be round. Uh, buy around too. I'm not the biggest fan of his either. Um, but at the end of the day, he's got a 918 save percentage. Um, you know, which is certainly respectable. Um, you know, when it comes down to it. The Penguins haven't missed the playoffs since 05 06, which is Crosby's rookie year. Um, they've managed to make it every year since, despite the last, I would say, three years of us all talking about they finally fall off. Um, you know, right now they are on a four or five game skid. Right now they are two points out of playoff spot. But you know, again, that doesn't mean much. Like I said earlier, I still think that's gonna rotate between, you know, the Penguins, Islanders, you know, Rangers, maybe even Devils, Sharon. Sharing a couple of days out of a playoff spot, um, so, but, their starting goaltender out isn't a recipe for, you know, winning a lot of hockey games. So it is going to hurt them. This um, Smith has a nine eleven save percentage. Not again, not terrible. I mean, if he could step up enough, um, maybe keeps them afloat. I mean, I don't know what the the time length is on jRE I don't think it's been reported, but no, not that no nothing. No, nothing's been reported yet. Yeah. yeah, so it it, it could. Um, but again um, they also have other holes in their lineup too so but so I don't know, I'm hovering between beer around I guess I'll I guess I'll go around
0: I'm I'm unfortunately going to be the one that says beer then because I can't throw dirt on the Pittsburgh Penguins because of 87 there is just no way I can ever do that that kid just literally keeps that team afloat almost no matter what. And let's be and and I gotta be honest, Mike Sullivan does a great job with them too. So that's that's kind of like another thing that gets in there. Speaking of that particular game, the Boston Bruins came back with two goals in the third period to defeat the Pittsburgh Penguins at Fenway Park in front of forty thousand people. Evgeny Malkin, by the way, fire the puck on net. And it looked to tie the game, but the green light was on, so the the goal did not count. The Winter Classic still has buzz. And, guys, I'll start it off. I I am going to say I'm going to buy everybody around. It doesn't help it when it's at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on uh, January 2nd, as opposed to, say, January 1st midweek or even January 1st on a Saturday night. This is just where I think that the the scheduling didn't help them. Even though they've done this before, they did it with the Rangers. They did it with the Rangers Flyers. There's still buzz. It's still a spectacle, and the outdoor games are still good. It's good that we're back down to three of them a year. That's about it, Anthony.
1: I'm gonna go round two, um, but I will say, yeah. When you when you know, obviously the first couple of years it was still new, so it was gonna be more excitement about it, but um, I think, one, Mark, to address what you said, they they had it on Monday because the Jan- New Year's Day fell on a Sunday, which I think yeah. is the third time they did this, and they, and they don't want to compete with the NFL. So that's why well, they did it at that time. And that's smart. Um, yeah. What I think they could do to maybe generate more excitement again is – and they're doing it next year with the Knights and the Kraken in, in Seattle. Use, use different teams. I mean, far too often it's the Penguins, the Bruins, you know, the Capitals – flyers blackhawks this is the second time fenway park has hosted like do newer you know newer things which they did last you know last year target field with the with the blues and the wild that was cool and you know next year with with the cotton Bowl. yeah next year with the kraken and the knights that'll be fun i think i think they could really make people get really you know fired up about it again if they just kind of change things up use different teams um do different locations uh You know, COVID, I know they got creative, so that's why I did the Lake Tahoe game. But do more fresh things like that to give it like a new, you know, a new audience or whatever you how you want to word it. But um, to get the excitement back in.
0: And speaking about which, Phil, do you remember your description for the Lake Tahoe game? Hockey porn. What <laughs> the when we did oh, the uh, game? yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah I mean, it was two years awesome. ago, Phil. I don't expect you to remember everything.
2: I that, watched that, was, that was awesome, yeah. Uh, what a what a what an aesthetic that was, Jeez. Um, yeah, I, I think like Anthony basically hit it on the head and now. Um, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm just gonna say beer just because the at the NHL again, hockey, best sport, worst league. Is fumbling things and that, and it, it still does have buzz, but I think the buzz has just been reduced just because the NHL just doesn't know how to handle this event. And I think the the kind of the the stadium series is kind of, I don't know, maybe kind of stepped on its toes a little bit, if you will. Yeah, I do agree with that a little bit. So when, when you have a Winter Classic game and it's a standalone, and I was just, I just had this. Discussion on Twitter with somebody About this now How there's differences between the two Even though it's the same thing In concept There's more pomp and circumstance To the, the Winter Classic There's more of a buzz to it And it's a standalone as opposed to You know, the same series Where the Rangers had played Two games in three nights Against two different teams Um, One of them during the day Which I went to And the other one against the Islanders And I went to Yeah so, I mean, just wow. Um, I, I can't even believe that, um, that, I'm, that I'm saying this. But, yeah, the, the NHL is fumbling it. It still has some buzz. And, and stop with the same teams. Stop with the same damn teams. It has to stop. T- people are getting tired of Pittsburgh. This is part of why I can't wait until Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin retire and this Pittsburgh Penguins team just falls off the rails into oblivion. Because Gary Bettman, oh, let's just force Pittsburgh down everybody's throats. Don't you get it? Nobody cares about Pittsburgh outside of Pittsburgh. No more. <laughs> They're not a big market. They're not this great market. And, I'm, and you know what? I, I don't care if I offend Pittsburgh Penguins fans by saying it because it's true. Because Gary Bettman loves the Penguins so much, he's got his head so far up their ass, that he can't see any of this. And this is why they're losing interest in it. So get tie, get rid of the Penguins every damn year and start putting new teams in.
0: By the way, a reminder to everybody to smash the like, even if you're from Pittsburgh, please do that. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, until the NHL hands magic, Matt, end up
1: with Connor Bedard. They go on a tailspin when, no, when the Colorado draft. That would just Bedard. be an
0: absolute nightmare. But I do have to say, Anthony, it's going to be interesting next year when it's Seattle. your, your two newest teams because they've been steadfast about trying to keep it original six big markets big star you
2: already ruined the original six thing by not by having two teams in the inaugural one that aren't original six
0: (laughs) yeah and 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 i'll tell you what right now you might want to get buffalo back in because man tage thompson would put on a show
1: you know it'd be cool i own there's i own there's rangers at belmont park where they have the belmont stakes
2: yes Yes, that would be great. Yes, that would be awesome for us. But around the league, nobody cares about that rivalry. And I've said that too. That's the problem. I've said that too. That's why the
0: stadium series
2: is such a good thing. You know what would have been great? The 1990s Detroit-Colorado rivalry in a Winter Classic game. That would (laughs) have exploded (laughs) for the end. And they've had
0: their own stadium series as well. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of them that have to go in there. Um, and by the way, as you mentioned, Conor Bedard, Anthony, he notched his 32nd point and his most ever at the World Juniors tournament, which they, they're, they're counting the canceled tournament from last year. Doesn't really make any sense to me. But we're going to throw this one out there. Conor Bedard is the best player in the World Juniors history. I'll start with you, Anthony.
1: Um, well, obviously we all know that he broke what Lindros's record. Um, and Lindros tweeted like, you know, don't just break it, smash it. Um, you know, like did you see the goal he scored? What was it yesterday? Uh, where he just he had the puck with well, the ball all five
2: guys and score on the back yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The guy, the kid is the kid is absolutely filthy. Um, you know, whoever whoever gets him is gonna be you know, through the moon with excitement and, you know, probably hopefully drive up tickets, ticket sales in that city. But um, world best player in world juniors history. I mean, man, there's been, obviously there's, you know, Lindro set the record, you know, McDavid had a lot of success there. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, Gretzky. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say round with some of those names, but uh, all, all I'll just say is that he's, he's shaping up to be a generational talent. Like everyone had said for the last, you know what? Two or three years they've been talking about him. Um, he's filthy. He's filthy.
0: Yeah. And uh, oh, so what was it? It was
2: beer. I, I didn't. Uh, yeah,
1: sure. <laughs> do do beer. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> Filk. I'm gonna say shot. And I know it sounds crazy to to say shot in this when Bedard is going and doing what he's doing, but. If you went back and you watched Peter Forsberg at the World Juniors, and you would understand why I'm saying shot. Uh, Peter Forsberg dominated that tournament in a way that we will never see people dominate that tournament other than maybe Bedard. Uh, Bedard's close, but I, I've still got to give the edge to Forsberg because of what he was doing. Um, him and Naslund absolutely tore that tournament apart. I mean, the the, the three Soviet I would call them Soviet Kings. The McGillney, Borey and Fedorov together were just absolutely nuts. Um, and then there's obviously Forsberg and Naslin. I'm going to, I have to say shop, but Holy shit. Is he just something to watch, man? You, you, know, you
0: know what? folks? You actually to... downgraded my answer. I was actually going to go beer because <laughs> obviously you have Lindros, you have Kratzky, you have Crosby, McDavid, all these other guys. Let's not forget, Carey Price had,
2: like, an obscene save percentage the year that uh, Canada- That West shootout won. in the gold medal yeah. game against USA in 2007, just unreal, too. And,
0: and there's lots of other guys that, like, had their shining moments of the World Juniors. Casey Middlestack comes to mind. Um, I and mean, Spencer Knight was another one. Uh, there's there's lots of guys that had this, but the one thing I have to sell on this is, where's Russia? You know, one of the world hockey powers, they're they are not in this tournament. So that's why it's sort of like, how would they have been? How would Mitch Cobb? I would, I would have, have loved to have seen
2: Matt Mitch Cobb and what he would have done on this stage, too.
0: Right. We're robbed. We're robbed from seeing that right now
2: because we're just robbed. That's 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 all I'm going to say
0: with that. So it, it would be, and wherever Connor Bedard goes, I know we were talking about it today with the. Jacob Verona uh, wavering thing. And I was like, well, why wouldn't Arizona possibly go get him? Because uh, the Arizona Coyotes, try to get as many points as you can. You're not winning the lottery anyway. Maybe maybe that means you're going to win the lottery if you get more points. So uh, you get teams like, by the way, the Vancouver Canucks. They're, what, what were they, five, five or six points out of the playoffs? And now they're like five or six points out of the bottom five. So, but guys, once again, this is – Big Apple hockey's bar Talk. Mark, you missed
1: the, uh, you missed the one I, I added. Oh I guess.
0: what what do
2: you
1: got? I uh wrote based on his scoring, you know, prowess lately, the hat trick and then two goals the other the other, last night. I added, oh, uh, got up yeah.
0: Go ahead, say finish the rest of it. I'll type it. Yeah, that. we know what this is about now.
1: A- Alex Ovechkin has a shot at the Rocket Richard trophy.
2: Okay, go ahead, start it. I'm going to say beer. Um, he's gotten hot. Um, I just don't know if he maintains this because Connor McDavid seems to be scoring like once per game. And um, he's kind of been like, I would say, and I can't believe I'm saying these words with him in his production, but Connor McDavid is kind of like cool and at a cool down point right now. And he's going to get back up and he's just going to start scoring again. And, and I, I just, I, I'm, I'm going to say shot just because I think McDavid's just going to go off again.
0: Uh, Anthony, I'll let you go last. So that way, because since this is your question, which by the way, it's weird. I didn't even see that until literally you just said that and you put it in at 343. Um, I'm going to say beer. And the reason why I could say that is Hell hath no fury like an Ovechkin motivated. this guy, when he just goes off, he goes off. And I think he's still a little bit behind McDavid. I mean, five. this is—he's five, five goals behind McDavid. Yeah. But this guy, I mean, he is unparalleled with any goal scorer ever. I'd still put. Gretzky right now is number one because when he was in his prime, man, that guy just found the net all the time. And but I mean, Ovechkin, and, and you know what, he might get a thousand. He literally might because once his legs go, he can find the open spot, bang, put it in the back of the net. Nobody one times it like him. Nobody, I think, in history. So yeah, Ovechkin could be it.
1: I'm I'm going to go beer. Um, he's, you know, he's five behind McDavid. Um, the one thing you got to remember. On his chase to Gretzky and you see it a lot when the cap when the Capitals are up a goal or two goals, the other team has the goalie pulled. Um, you know, we he's on the ice a lot. So I think he's gonna get his fair share of empty net goals. And he's also gonna just keep recording <laughs> like goalies too, as we saw last night in the game against Montreal. Um, you know, five goals isn't a lot. I know McDavid could score at will too when he gets hot, but Ovechkin's a guy that, you know, he can go out next game and score another two or even get another hat trick. So um you know, I, I still think Mc, this is the year McDavid finally captures the Maurice Richard, but I, I can't count out Ovechkin this year. Um, you know, at 37 years old, he looks like he's actually even raising his game a level. I mean, the guy's on pace for, what, 56 goals and 90-some, or is he even at a pace for 100 now at this point? I'm not sure, he's but um, he's, he, he, he's been he's been unreal this year, so I'm not going to count out the great eight. But also, by
0: the way, keep this in mind. Nobody shoots the puck as much as Ovechkin. Like, Kobe Bryant shoots more than him. That's about it. uh, And by the way, Phil, this was your easy button that I have for you now. So, you Uh, got that ready to go. (laughs) All right. Everybody, once again, thanks for joining us at the Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. So, uh, we're going to go to news and notes right now.
2: Uh... I'm actually going to head out on this one. I have some things <laughs> to do tonight, so great talking with you all. Um, I will see you guys next week. Let's go Rangers, and let's go Team USA. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go Team USA. Nothing right now. So, Who? USA. Oh, nice. Uh, who scored? Do you know? Uh, Logan Cooley scored the first one. The second one, I didn't see. I actually turned the TV off, so. Speaking about guys that the the Coyotes want to be good, Logan Cooley. Yeah, Logan Cooley. Can you imagine they get Bedard with Logan Cooley, and then um, who's the other one that they had that I was just thinking of? Um, oh, Dylan Gunther. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah.
0: <laughs> quick, wait, wait, quick, Phil, before you go, if it's Bedard and Logan Cooley, who's the better center matchups if they go up against the Seattle
2: uh, Kraken? What? Who would what? be the better centers, like depth center? Depth. Oh, you you mean who would have the better one-two punch in the future? Yeah. Talk about oh, Matty better, and Shane yeah. At that point. Okay, just want to make sure. Yeah, that, that, all right, lay up. lay up. Lay up. <laughs> there, you
0: yeah. there you go. There's there's all the easy right. one right there for you. Take Boom. care, everybody. See you all later,
1: folks. Good night.
0: All right, so we're probably going to go maybe about another, uh, maybe five, ten minutes, because I know you also have to uh, get off, and I also appreciate every time you're up until eight o'clock as well, <laughs> Anthony. Um, but, so, NHL news and notes. Uh...
1: Well, I mean, I think it's noteworthy that, you know, you can make a case of the well, Horvat's probably ahead, but three of the top Four trade targets are all, you know, really kind of hurt now, right? O'Reilly, Tarasenko, yeah. and Patrick Kane left the game the other day, and you know he's going to be evaluated and see, you know, what's up with him. So the three of them are out. Um, I don't, I don't think it's going to affect any of their trade statuses come the trade deadline. Uh, I think, I think that you know at the end of the day, I think they they'll all be traded. But um, I just think it's funny that they are all out right now. Hopefully not uh, long term. Um other than that, uh not really not really too much going on. Uh news and notes. Um uh you know, David actually just brought up the Rangers did extend Jimmy VC. We didn't touch on that. Uh two-year extension, 800 k Um, listen, I'm not I've never been the biggest fan of VC, but I mean I think he is fitting well um in his role this year. I think when he first came into the league, you know, he was hyped and I think he probably put a lot of pressure on him to be an offensive type of player and really put up a lot of points. Um, never really happened, bounced around. I think this time around with the Rangers, I think at this point in his career he realizes that, you know, he's a bottom six forward that could just play well defensively and you know bring some jam. So good on him for getting the for getting that two year extension.
0: I actually and again, I think I really like the VC's signing. Every time I talk about him, though, it's comparing him to the ice time of Kako and Lafreniere and Hede. Mm-hmm. He's getting an obscene amount of ice time, and if you use him more as a depth, a depth player, depth player, then it would actually be like better for the Rangers. I don't. I, he can fill in on the top line every now and again. Don't yeah. make him a focal point. 18 minutes—that's just bad. Oh, two to one,
1: but just saw that, yeah. <laughs> Pizza's any um, speculation on why Vrana was put on waivers. Um, so Robbie yeah, Fabry was on this. Robbie Fabry was ready to come back from um his ACL rehab. Uh so they activated him and they needed a roster spot. Um, and they also wanted to get uh Rana extend his condition assignment essentially. Um, so killed two birds at one stone. They got the roster space to move Fabry up, um, and they sent Rana back down to Grand Rapids where he gets some more games in. Um, I knew he wasn't going to get claimed because of his salary, and I also think that you know other GMs had a almost like a gentleman agreement there with Iserman that okay, because everyone's surprised why, why is a player as good as Rana you know on the waiver wire. And I think it was for that reason and teams knew that and they weren't going to do Iserman like that. So um, Rana, you know, I don't, we don't know what he dealt with, but, you know, he needed some help from the player's assistance uh, program. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, for Detroit's sake, he comes back up and he's a big contributor for him. So um, mm-hmm. I, I think he'll be up and maybe another week or so, and he'll be scoring goals. That's what he seems to do, Mark. Every time he's in the line, I mean, hell, he only played two games to the Red Wings this year and he had two points. So, um, he's a guy that just scores goals and produces points. He's, he's a really good player.
0: Anytime anybody goes to the NHL assistance program, I always, always wish them the best. You're admitting that there's a problem. You need to go get it taken care of. That's the number one thing that matters. Nothing. Yeah. It, nothing matters on top of that. We've, we already talked about this with um with Hamlin. Just that's the number one thing. Sports come second. Yeah. Now, once he's fine though, you know, uh, they gotta make sure that they bring him back in the lineup uh, and then he's he's gonna produce Kid, the kids just got ice water in his veins and he and I thought about that all the way back to when he was huge for the capitals in the Stanley Cup Finals in 2018. And uh, you know the he's gonna be a damn good red wing. hopefully it's just a bump, speed bump, that's it, boom boom and it goes right back to it. Uh, the Red Wings could be scary in a few years. Uh, maybe next year, or always
1: next year. So. Yeah, they they, def, they definitely got some good pieces. Um, you know, more Sider's not having a good year uh, this year as he had last year. Still a fabulous defenseman, not worried about him. Um, but I, I feel like he hasn't played as well as he did last year.
0: No, but Hironic's playing well, so.
1: Yeah, Hironic, yeah. Um, and then the Red Wings have an interesting decision to make with Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin can be an unrestricted free agent this summer. um you know, the Red Wings, they're likely going to miss the playoffs. So, you know, if he's not signed yet come the trade deadline, you know, what do they do? Um, would they entertain trading Dylan Larkin? A lot of teams would line up for him. I can tell you that much. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams can line up for him.
0: I'll tell you this. Uh, I, I use this example with a lot of other guys. Say, for instance, like uh, when – We'll talk about Jacob Truba this season. Well, if the Rangers want to trade Jacob Truba, they can get him the wave his no trade clause. He ain't waving it. He's waving it this year or next year when it's a limited no trade and he's got basically no choice, then he'll go. Because when you go through a rebuilding process, when the team is good, why would you want to move on? Like, yeah. it's just that. Like, when the Rangers were coming out of the rebuild and that they end up buying out Henrik Lundqvist, he wasn't going to wave his no trade clause. I mean, oh, I mean yeah, there you, you go. So that Dylan Martin uh, is sort of like that same situation though, Anthony, where it's, I think Dylan Mark is going to look at it and go, we're coming out of this. I want to stay.
1: Yeah, he might. Yeah. He might want to see it through. Um, and the Red Wings have cap space to play with. So it shouldn't be too much of a difficult negotiation. So I, I think he will stay, but I, believe me, Eiserman's going to get phone calls on him come the deadline. If he's not signed yet. Um, yeah. Re, re-entry waivers were eliminated. I can't remember. Maybe it's been a good three years since re-entry waivers was was taken out of the game where you'd have to go through waivers to call someone back up. Uh but yeah, I don't I don't know when David for sure. It was it was a few years ago.
0: Like that used to be the thing because that's how Sean Avery became a ranger again because of re-entry waivers. Yeah. Because they expected him to be called right back
1: up and then they ended up getting that. So I mean this this would be the definition of a hockey trade, but what what incentive does Detroit have for that? Because I don't, I don't see Bo Horvat extending in Detroit. You would have so, to sign
0: the extension right away. Yeah. And Let's not forget, Detroit is called Hockey Town for a reason, so players will want to go there. Yeah. It's just uh, I, I'm, I'm not. I the mean, biggest...
1: it, it, it's a trade Vancouver would make because Larkin's still young enough to fit in with their retool or whatever they, whatever they're doing there. But I, from Detroit, I don't, I don't think Horvat would, would re-sign with Detroit. So. Um, I, I I wouldn't see that happening. I think I think Bo Horvat is going to be traded. Um, and I think the Canucks are going to get a lot for him. I mean, he had both goals last night for Vancouver, and they um, were great. Yeah, yeah. One was a one was a textbook deflection. The other one was a rocket from like the bumper spot. Um, you know, it's he's, a great thing he's totally
0: distracted he, by his contract talks. By the
1: way, <laughs> he's got twenty eight goals. He <laughs> he had, had thirty one all of last year, which was his career high. He's going to shatter that. Um, I mean I would I would do bad things to see Bo Horvat in the blue and orange. Uh I really I I I really would. Um hopefully Luke, hopefully Big Lou got a big look at him uh last night. But uh, yeah, um I said it, I'd I'd rather him than Patrick Kane. I, I really would. Uh
0: easily I would agree with you on that because again, I still think the Rangers need a third center. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why we talked about Ryan O'Reilly tonight because the great question for the Rangers is going to be, what are they going to do with Philip Hedel? Because if you're going to move on with him from him during the summer or even trade him, then it makes sense to make a move. And an article is coming out about this very soon. It makes sense to move on from him at the trade deadline, which I thought they actually did when they traded Andrew copp and ended up being Morgan Barron. A couple of people cried because I can't remember the impact Morgan Barron had. Morgan Barron was probably like, what, really? Go from New York to Winnipeg? Um, But still, it's just, it's one of those things. There are other players out there that would benefit the New York Rangers. Obviously, Bo Horvat would do that, but I think he's overkill because they use their number one power play so much. It's, uh I, I'm a big Bo Horvat fan. It's just, I wonder where his landing spot is in the off season.
1: I mean, uh, oh, in the off season, i um... I was going to say I, I could I could see Boston if Boston traded for him at the deadline they would be a really scary team.
0: Boston's going balls to the wall this year. He,
1: he he's a he's a Bruins type of player too. Um I could easily see that happening. Um but no you know for the Rangers standpoint you have to re-sign Keandre Miller, you have to re-sign Philip Hedl. um and you have to re-sign Alexis, Alexis Lafreniere. Uh and Vitali Krasov still in RFA. I mean the good thing is Kravtsov and Lafreniere haven't done anything to warrant like, you know, big contracts, but, um, you know, Hedl's going to want, he's making what 2.75 something right now. I mean, he's yeah, going thought,
0: I thought it was 2.5 mm, or two. Yeah.
1: So. He's probably going to at least want into the fours I would think. And if it's on a long-term deal, probably even a little bit more. So, um, you know, the, the Rangers, that's why they are in no position to really add a big contract. Like, kane or horvat because they're not they wouldn't be able to afford to keep any of them long term so it would be foolish to give up you know prime assets for any of them um I can- unless you're giving up
0: a guy for a yeah. rental to go for the cup
1: yeah but i mean i yeah i don't know um like that, that's where kane doesn't make
0: any sense to me anthony kane doesn't make any sense it makes sense for patrick kane you're going from the blackhawks to the Rangers. Still, it doesn't even make that much sense for Patrick Kane either. He just played a 1,000 games with Jonathan Taves uh, together in the uh, Chicago video that I did. It was actually at the game versus the Rangers that they played a 1,000 games together. Your legacy secured. You already got everything you could ever hope for. You yep. don't need to go chase a championship. So kind of the way I feel about that.
1: Yeah. I Well, I said that too. He doesn't really have to go anywhere if he doesn't want to. Um you know the losing might wear on him, though. You know the, the Blackhawks are 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 miserable. Um, you know, and also too, especially if he sees his friend Jonathan Taves, uh, you know, say, "Okay, I'll wave, I want out." Um, I I don't see why he would stay at that point, too. So. And that's so, true too. We'll, we'll have to, you know, we'll have to see there, but. Um, but yeah,
0: there are players that do value playing with one franchise. Oh, yeah, there sure. are
1: absolutely. No, you're you're right.
0: Yeah, like Brian Leach never wanted to be traded. So no. that was for one. And although it did allow him to eventually play his final season in Boston. Anthony, you you have a magic wand right now. Let me just take the magic wand, hand it to you right there. What is your New York Islanders move?
1: I got to worry about assets. I got to go Bo Horvat. Okay. I, I, think he's, I think he's the guy. I mean, I know Patrick Kane would be the – would be the sexier name um, to acquire. I mean, you know, he's a hall of famer adding him that the, just the marquee name of Patrick Kane coming to the New York. I mean, that would do wonders for them off the ice too, with, you know, long-term effect going into the off season and, and free agents and whatnot. Um, because Kane would have to waive to be traded there. And, and he, he has a strong, strong admiration for Matt Barzell. He said on numerous occasions, Um, you know how much he he admires his skating and just the way he plays the game. Um, so the the fit the fit is there and and I I do think Patrick Kane would consider coming to the island. I just um I don't know, I I I, Kane's more Kane can score goals, but he's more of a playmaker too, in my opinion. You know, the islanders need someone who can who could snipe and score goals and Bo Horvat is filling the net right now. So I think, Oh Horvat yeah, for sure.
0: And, uh, first Pete saying this one in Buffalo, uh, Buffalo remains in contention. See, this is where Buffalo now becomes a realistic option. And also, uh, saying that Kane and Tays might want to be a package deal. I don't know what the, uh, the asking price on that would be. Not possible. If they're a package, it's, it's very, you're talking <laughs> about even with 50% salary ret- retention, you're, you're adding ten million dollars as the salary cap. Yeah, it's well, not the playoff team has got that.
1: And I, you know what, I don't see Kane going to Buffalo because Buffalo, right now, again, they're not they're not better than the Islanders. They're not better than the Rangers. They're not better than Pittsburgh. Even they're not better than Washington, who's going to get Backstrom and Wilson back. Um, so I mean, it's a good story. Thompson's killing it, but I don't see their goaltending is. I mean, they're, they're out of the three goalies right now. Craig Anderson has the best save percentage. What does that tell you? That a forty-two-year-old, so um, the Sabers don't really have, know
0: if you're over forty, you're basically dead.
1: The Sabers don't have the, the tools to get there. And you know, Patrick Kane, if if he decides that he's going to uproot his you know life or be in be away with be away from his wife and and kid for a couple of months, he's going to do it to know he's going to a team that's a definitely going to make the playoffs and B, has a strong shot of winning the Stanley Cup. The Sabres don't have a strong shot of making the playoffs, and even if they did make the playoffs, they're not winning the Stanley Cup. So I see I see no path for Patrick Kane being traded to the Buffalo Sabres this year.
0: Yeah, I think they would have to be on an incredible roll, and they would have to like uh, – let me see if I can get the name right. Are you ready, Anthony? Uma Pekka Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, go, yeah.
0: Uh, but UPL? UPL, I mean And by the way, the funny part is The way I'm trying to remember that name is obviously Uma Thurman, Pekka Rene And <laughs> Kristana Lokenen. So, I mean, yeah By the way, Terminator 3 was the worst One out of all of them uh, But it's it's one of those Things that I just, they'd really Have to show a strong case By the way, great job with by By with what Don Granato is doing over there, especially that they're not made to be the most talented team. And look at what they're doing—they're developing players. I mean, we talked about Dylan Cousins, comparing his stats to, well, I say Lafreniere because one of them <laughs> gets to play with Tage Thompson, the other one gets to play with Philip Heedle. That's a different story, but it's—it's um, it's, uh, just call him Justin. No, I'm not going to do that just yet. But, I mean, they're, do- they're, they're doing such a great job. They're on an upwards tra- trajectory. Yeah, That's they got, what really they also matters got their,
1: Buffalo. They also got their goalie of the future in the pipeline with Devin Levy. He put up great numbers so, last year in college. Yeah.
0: And if he actually puts up those numbers – how are we doing, John? Uh, if he puts up those numbers in the NHL – well, it's unreal to put up those numbers in the NHL. Anything like those, man, the Buffalo – you we might look at that summer of chaos and think that Kevin Adams, I almost feel like I have to apologize to Kevin Adams. <laughs> like I I I did the uh the honest trailers, which uh the, sorry, the honest press conferences, which we haven't done in one in a while. We have to do yeah. a schedule in another one of those. But the, the honest press conferences where uh, he, where he was just like crying because everybody yep. wanted to leave his team. Well, he's coming out smelling like a rose on the Sam Reinhardt trade, because that's uh uh Devin Levy and or and um he got another forward at 28 with that with that draft pick and um and th- th- he's also looking like the Jack Eichel trades working out alex tuck is 17 yeah. goals
1: he's he's playing really he's well yeah
0: he's got 17 goals and speaking about a guy that went home alex tuck is from that area
1: yeah so, hey mark did you uh did you have the uh, Colorado Avalanche being out of a playoff spot in January on your bingo card? I did not. I did
0: not. And yeah. by the way, uh, I answered a question about that on on um, Twitter the other day. One of the guys said, "I'm gonna." I'm also looking up where they are in the standings right now they
1: are getting back point. Nate McKinnon. But they're only Anthony. one point behind Colorado, behind um, the Oilers for wild card spot. Well, me be behind the first
0: First things first, you have to get you have to get a full season workload out of Alexander Georgiev. And I'm gonna go to his, his stats right now, and I can tell you he has nowhere near a full season's worth uh, in his career. He's got 27 games right now. Pavel Franco has only got nine. Georgiev's save percentage, if you remember two weeks ago, was around 933. It's at 915. He's now below um, uh, Igor Sosturkin in a save percentage and his goals against 2.68. That is just not good. The max amount of now, by the way, whether or not, and Anthony, whether or not it's a fair or unfair as I'm looking at my monitor that you're not on at the moment because I'm on the Alexander Giorgio stats. Uh, I always call this the Yaroslav Halak rule because I always felt like he broke down when the season went on. The max. He's ever played in a season is 34 games. This is Georgiev. How is he going to get this team into the playoffs and then the Stanley Cup? Just because they uh, he hasn't he hasn't had the workload. There's I, I no still chance.
1: think I still think that the Avalanche are going to get in the playoffs. I think they're too talented not to. Um, as far as winning a cup, let I me mean, put it this way. They want a cup with Darcy Kemper. I mean, is Darcy Kemper that much of a difference from Georgiev? Yes. Mm. Yes,
0: he is. And the reason why I'm going to tell you that is the Darcy Kemper that was in Arizona was a damn good goalie. Was he average with, with Buffalo? Uh, sorry, with, uh, with Colorado? Yeah, he was average. But, Anthony, I'm sorry. If you got a guy that can't, uh, can't do the work, it doesn't matter whether or not they're good enough.
1: Offensive. I get. I guess my point was that if you're, like, if you have a team like the Avalanche, you could still win a cup with a, with an average goalie, because I would say Kemper's an average goalie. So,
0: well, I, I let mean, me that. let me back up your point a little bit more. Who's a better goalie, Henrik Lundqvist or Antti Niemi?
1: <laughs> Henrik Lundqvist.
0: Who's a better goalie, Henrik Lundqvist or Corey Crawford?
1: Henrik Lundqvist.
0: I mean, we can do this for a while. Darcy Kemper or Henrik Lundqvist? It's Henrik Lundqvist. You're right about this because the the elite goalies haven't exactly won. Carey Price hasn't won. Henrik Lundqvist has a won. But when you have the entire team focused on them, it's See,
1: just Pete. Quick on the stats there. This is my point. Not far off.
0: So, yeah, those numbers are going to get much worse for uh, Georgiev soon enough. Like I've I've brought this up about Georgiev during the summer. Every year, his goals against has gone up. His save percentage has gone down. His save percentage has dropped 15 points in the last three weeks. It's going to get worse. If he finishes with a 9.05, I'm not going to be surprised. At least it's an improvement, I think. I, maybe 9.08 was last year. Uh, he was 9.98 last year with the New York Rangers and a 9.92 goals against average. And... I mean, people fawned over this guy, and I, I couldn't help but Like, uh, he was—he's not even Vesa Toskala, never mind Mika <laughs> Kerasov. So, speaking <laughs> about great goalies that I've won, and also as Chris T mentioned it too, one thing you can—can we honestly say Calgary is going to heat up and they're going to make
1: the playoffs? Yeah, I think I think they're going to get in. We can all think that, but. Do we know? That's the hard well, part. Well, no, no, well, we we're don't, just assuming but, it. But if you look at the Western Conference, aside from Colorado, what other team outside of a playoff spot right now is really that much of a threat to anybody in a spot? Look at the standings. Yeah. <laughs> St. Louis? No. Nope. St. So Louis is done. So that so that's why I think that the that the um flames will get in.
0: Oh, and I i didn't read the comment. I just highlighted it. So anybody in our um audio that's listening didn't hear this. But John D. Lee saying uh, missing the APB on Sammy Blay, still stuck in St. Louis. i would say saying the same thing all year. Like, I can't wait to see the Rangers acquire this guy, Sammy Blay, from them. But he's right. But by the way, Pete is right about that, where it's we might need to recalibrate on same percentage. Only 15 of 32 clubs are above. Well, because if you
1: look like back – Back in the you know the two thousands, ish, you know, when Brodeur was was still considered one of the top goalies in the league. If you looked at it, like a top save percentage, like was like nine twenty, roughly. Mm-hmm. You you know, um, now guys have risen above to where you know where nine twenty save percentage sometimes is not even good for you know like fifth in the league. So. I get what he's, I get what he's saying there like you know like you know Igor Sturkin has about 917 save percentage I feel like' I'm years, right now yeah I feel like 20 years ago if you had a nine if you had a 917 save percentage you know you're one of the you're probably at the top of the league in that regard um not not really the case anymore um you know for me I would say I don't know how you feel about it I, I would say anything above above 920. Is like is elite, and anything you know when you, when you start to get to you know nine twenty five, nine thirty or more, you're you're talking, you're you're playing at a at like a peak hashik level.
0: Yeah, like God level. I'll actually raise it to about nine twenty five because let me read off the guys that have a the the league leaders in save percentage for you. Lina Salmark nine thirty seven. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> That's the only only way to describe that. Connor Hellbuck, 928. Very good. Who's your guy at third place? Ilya Sorokin, 926. Piotr, uh, I screwed his name up already. Piorta Kochekov at 924. That number is going to plunge uh, drastically soon, Um, especially if he keeps that five hole open. I mean, I do credit the Rangers, by the way, last night. They were just throwing pucks at him. And they were just getting through. And I do have to say the pass that Mika had made that ended up going in the net, I think he was expecting Trochek to catch it, and Trochek just missed it, and it just went in. So, anyway, Craig Anderson, 923, how he's got a 923. I think if you took, like, the last five years of his career, you wouldn't get to a 923 if you added them all up. Andre Vasilevsky, although, by the way, in Ottawa and, and Florida, he is um, – and in Colorado, we had a lot of big save games. Uh, Vasilevsky, 921. Jake Ottinger, 920. Philip Gustafson, 920. Matt Murray, 920. And again, back to your boy, Simeon Rolomov, at 919. So, I mean, Anthony, you, you're kind of right about that. It's I think it's – but it's, it's also not exactly translating because Ilya Sorokin, he's only two games above five hundred with the third-best save percentage.
1: Oh, what is uh, that – what does that go to show you? I mean, that, I think that the, the, the Islanders are letting up a lot of shots. That and also that sometimes he loses simply because the Islanders aren't scoring enough goals. That's I mean, there's some out like the, the the game against St. Louis where they almost came back, and I think they lost like what was it was seven four or or a couple like couple of weeks ago. They came um, back.
0: I, th- I think it might've been seven, so four, but yeah, where, where
1: he let up that, he let up that stinker and then the Islanders responded. And if it weren't for that, maybe they would have ended up like getting a point. But I mean, that that's an outlier. Usually, usually the Islanders don't give him a lot of run support. I mean,
0: to put in perspective, I think John Van Biesburg, when he was a New York Ranger in 1986, won the Vesna trophy with I, th- it was I think an 8.89 save percentage. If you have an 8.89 save percentage right now in the NHL, they throw you out of the league.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh you know, no, yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. And like I'm not, I don't want to take away a lot from Linus Olmark. I mean, he's leading in wins, save percentage, goals against average. But if you look, if you look at his career, I mean, what he's doing right now is an anomaly. Like he's he's never posted these type of numbers before. Um I think I think he's one. He's having a career year, and I think he's playing in front of a very stingy, stingy Boston Bruins team. Um, Like, yeah, he has he has the best numbers in the league right now. But in my opinion, I don't know how you agree about. He's not he's not anywhere close to being the best goalie in the league. Like when you think when you think of the best goalies in the league, I still don't think Linus Olmar. You know, I think Shosturkin, Sorokin, um, Hellebuck, Vasil. Well, we're also
0: looking at it based on talent too. Well, yeah, I and mean, yeah, we're. If you look at it based on numbers, right now, we, unfortunately, you have to you have to say, well, talent and history, because we knew that this was going to be the next step for Elias Sorokin. That was going to happen. We know this, and then you get Linus Allmark that comes in, who kind of fulfills what the what the Bruins thought they were signing, because they thought they had this guy. They watched him in Buffalo, and they went. All right. He's going to be something. And then Jeremy Swayman basically takes his job last year. And he also didn't really perform that well, but that now you have it where now he's performing at a high level. How do you even take him out of the net? But yes, it's, it's sort of like an anomaly what he's doing as opposed to say, I mean, I I did say the two games over 500 for Sorokin, but he's more in the area of Jacob, the Grom, if you will, of, uh, great player doing his best for a team and they're just not getting enough wins. So that's, that's as now and Connor Halibut having a great season, but by the way, he already has a business. So that's not really going to help him at all, especially now. I mean, I, I kind of said this before. I think there's sort of a feeling now. If you got one trophy, we don't need to hand you another one unless you really, really earn it. And I mean, Roman Yossi, who was already a Norris trophy winner should have won the Norris trophy last year. Sorry, Cal McCarr. You're going, you're going to have multiple Norris trophies even in the parameters that I just said, but it's, I still think it was Roman Yossi's uh, Norris trophy last year. Although that being said, Cal McCarr is also on my fantasy team. I would appreciate it if the production would kick up a little bit more. Um, I do not have it on yet, guys, and I actually would like to watch some of the games soon. So we're uh, we're gonna go a couple more minutes. I'll we'll see whether or not Anthony could come back on.
1: Yeah, I'm but, gonna.
0: Um, oh, there he is. All right. Um. Well, here's the thing: which goalie tandem is better, uh, David? Saying you click this, we click the same one at the same time. Uh, well, all, I'm gonna tell they... you,
1: I'm, all I'm gonna tell you. about that is look look at Swayman's save percentage, and then and then tell me which tandem. I mean, I, I'm not being a homer here, an Islander fan, but Varlamov. Obviously, we know what Sorokin; he's elite. Varlamov has a nine one nine, has a nine one nine save percentage. We all know Allmark's having a great year, but take but take a look at Swayman's statistics, and that tells you, and that tells you all that that gives you your answer, really. In my in my yeah. opinion,
0: well, um, I think it's no contest; it's the Islanders' um, tandem better. Because Varlamov still, he's a starting goalie. And you know what? By the way, you got to credit the work that he's put in, Simeon Varlamov, because he's taken to the backup role. And you know, i, I the Islanders are a team I don't want to face in the playoffs for multiple reasons. No, I'm not going to lie. One of them is. I'm also a bartender. I can only imagine the amount of fights I'm going to have to break up.
1: So, so Swayman Swayman definitely. has a Swayman has an 897 save percentage and he plays he plays behind the same team Holmark Hallmark does. Tells you everything everything he need well, to know.
0: Um, some guys need to play a lot more, some guys can't do it. Uh I know I just used that argument for Alexander Georgiev before. Oops, yeah, <laughs> got that one.
1: But don't you know Varlamov um, War, Shannon said, Varlamov has been incredible. I mean, I, I think he's been I think he's been extremely helpful to Sorokin getting acclimated um, with the game here in, in North America. Um, and, you know, you know, for the last two years, people have said, oh, well, the Islanders trade Varlamov because Sorokin, you know, has rose to the top. Uh, but you see how important goaltending is. Like, Jari got hurt. You know, now you see what Pittsburgh's dealing with, and you've seen it in the past. Um, honestly, he's in the last year of his contract, Mark. I'm willing to bet that Vorlamov stays on the island and he signs a cheap deal. Uh, unless unless he still has aspirations of being the guy somewhere else.
0: Shannon, you might want to say think of those shots, but unfortunately uh, I have give, given up shots at work for my New Year's resolution. So Varley has been incredible, I will say that.
1: <laughs> David, we'll trade
0: a bag of pucks for Yaroslav thanks. No, no, lock.
1: No, thanks. I don't, I don't need to lock back. Um, Although I do have the credit, Yaroslav
0: Alok, the game against the Florida Panthers this week, he was definitely the difference in that game. I mean, the Rangers did lead, I think it was 4-1 to one at one point, but it's oh, – maybe it was 4-2, but it, it's still – without Yaroslav Alok in that game, Rangers might not have won that
1: game. Yeah, so. no, that's fair. That's fair to say. Um, yeah. And Mark, what do you – what's your thoughts on – so obviously you saw what Shosturkin did last year in terms of his – uh, his numbers, you know, his safe percentage. This year, he's at nine one seven, um, or nine one six, I believe. One, one of the two. So, do you think which? Is, do, you, do you think? Do you think last year was an you know last year is an anomaly and this year is who he is, or do you think it's somewhere in between? What are what are your thoughts on? Um, I think he's
0: actually a little bit closer to last year. I think he's pressing a little bit right now. And, and it's not that that it's he's not as bad as he was at the beginning of the month. His confidence was very shaken last last month, and that was one of the reasons why we were sounding <laughs> red alert the entire time. I I, I read David's a lot comments uh, that he has down there. So um, <laughs> as far as but as far as Sosturkin goes, he, he's not a nine seventeen goal goalie. He's he's definitely higher than that. I understand he was at God level, but I think he was just playing with so much confidence that it's nothing was phasing him. Uh, The first three games, of the penguin series, the first four games, I should say really kind of got there with what I thought he was gassed. I think we might be seeing the workload or he might be adjusting right now. Uh, That could be one thing, but we're starting to see him sort of return to form. I mean, he's, not fantastic, but he made a bunch of really good saves, especially on Seth Jarvis at the end of last night. So he's definitely him and him and Sorokin a comparable goalies. I know I've gotten yeah. in the argument the last couple of days with oh uh, Ilya's better than Igor, is he? Because Igor's got some hardware. It's all I mean, but I'll I'll say this, and I know, but Anthony, let me say this: it's only a matter of time until. Uh, until Sorokin's got one himself. Cause I think,
1: yeah, I mean, I think last year, there's no question that, that ego is better. Um, this year, um, you know, I know just has, has the wins on him, but in terms of statistics across the board, um, Sorokin's better this year. Um, mm. they're both, they're both high level elite, you know, elite goalies. And I think, uh, put it, put it this way. if, if you know, Lou would say no, Lou would say no for to a Sorokin Sisterkin swap, and Drury would probably say no because they like their guys, so they're both, yeah, they're both, um, you know, elite, elite goalies. And uh, the
0: way that it was scouted when they were coming into the, the league together, it was Sorokin is the better athlete, Sisterkin is the better goalie. And you could see on display both of those times where Sorokin's athleticism covers up if he's off his angle at all. And sometimes where you can see where Sisterkin is just in position or able to get into position a little bit quicker. I, I think that as assessment could be made for both of them. These Russian goalies that they're putting out recently, Anthony, I said this for years, you got all the talented Russian scorers, where are the Russian goaltenders? And now you're seeing a, Bevy of them coming out. Coach yeah. is, is real good. I actually think he might be a real difference maker for the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, de-
1: definitely. Um, and, for sure. And, you know. And obviously, and,
0: Vasilevsky.
1: Yeah, and Vasilevsky, his numbers in the regular season the last two years haven't been as good, you know, as Igor or or Ilya. But come playoff time, he's, he's still he's still the czar, if you will. You um, can't yep. take that that away from him. He, he wins – he wins big games, um, but yeah, you know, I, I think I think they're I think they're pretty even. Um, you know, they're they're both they're both capable of stealing games. Um, and, and look at last year. I mean, what Sorokin did last year on a bad Islander team was just was just super impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, he he was second to Igor in, in save percentage. And I said it last year. You looked around. You looked around at all the goalies in the top, you know, eight and save percentage. They were all on good playoff teams. And here's, you know, here's Sorokin sitting at number two on a bad team. Um, that I mean, that just shows the type of goalie he is. So
0: that also tells you, by the way, Anthony, that it's you, sometimes you can't predict things. Because my Vesna Trophy winner was going to be UC Saros. We're about a month away from our uh, mid-season awards. But I thought Uzi Soros was going to pick up where it was last year. And you know what? He hasn't. But Sorokin's made that jump instead. And that's what you got to love about watching guys like this. Like he made a couple of saves that I was like, I thought that was in the net. And it, 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 you, you, you end up at the bar looking at the TV, just going,
1: oh. Yeah. He, he (laughs) made, he, he made one and lost to Seattle where he, he's, you know, he's laying on the ice, like his, his stomach's on the ice. Um, and I think it was Bjorkstrand that had the puck at the side of the net. He had the whole net, and Sorokin just lifts his—he lifts. I don't know if you saw it. He just lifts his pad up yeah. in the air just enough to make the save. And I'm like, I mean, this—that's the this type of stuff that he does seemingly on a on a nightly basis. He just makes a save he has no business making.
0: Uh, I think a little bit of that, by the way, comes into the Dominic Hoczek influence. You see a lot of these guys use the Dominicot. You're just never out of it. You just get it. And look, and Sorokin, let's talk about his, his greatest save is probably the St. Patrick's Day save on, I want to say it was Mika Zibanejad. just He rifled a one-timer, and he just reaches back and bats it into the crowd uh, with a stick. That was Panarin. And, oh, all right, then it was Panarin then. So either way, it was just... Um, unbelievable on the on these. By the way, uh, David's bringing up a good point. It's all those and Wall fans growing up. And by so, the way, uh, Anthony, Anthony, that's such a great nickname, the Bullen Wall for yeah. Nikolaj Bowling.
1: Go ahead. Uh, ESPN Plus. That's how I watch all the out of market games. I have the package with with Hulu and Disney Plus. Um, so, yeah. I don't know about you, Mark, but that's how I watch out of market. That's ESPN that's too. how I
0: watch a lot of these too. <laughs> yeah. And 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 look, I know it's a low hanging fruit. Leah Hextall is just not my favorite. That's all I'm gonna say about that.
1: Like, oh, she was uh, brutal in that game the other night. I I, I couldn't. I mean, that uh, was bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's point. Pl- I mean, let me let me let me change around because last night Brendan Burke wasn't doing the um. Uh, the Islanders game, and yeah. I think he's Alan, in the Alan
1: Furing the Bridgeport uh guy,
0: which by the way no no disrespect to him in any way. <clears throat> it's when you talk about guys that are among the best, and they are among the best. Like I I, I I can listen to Kenny Albert all day. Kenny Albert, I yeah, I know people have people complain to him about me. I'm like I won't hear. It. Kenny Albert is armed with facts. He's he's an, an amalgamation of every great announcer that he's ever known. And that guy could do anything any day of the week. I'm happy to listen to him. during in the winter classic. And I think the TNT gets Stanley Cup finals this year, too.
1: Yep, yeah, because ESPN was last year. I think they're alternating. Yeah. Um, so but Mark, before before I head out, I, I just want to switch gears uh, real quick. And, um, you know, now that the NFL is down to week 18. The last week of the of the season, um, two things. How how are you feeling about your, the chances of your Dolphins making the playoffs? Um,
0: I'm more skeptical that I might have a date this week. Uh, are optimistic I might have a date this week than the Dolphins making the playoffs. It's just not happening. It's not going to happen in any way, shape, or form. Oh, what I mean, what uh, they what do you have say? blown their chance.
1: Why you say it? who are they who do they play?
0: The uh they play the Jets, but it doesn't matter. They need to win and the Patriots need to lose. Now, by the way, I have no idea
1: Patri- what Patriots, the, the Bills Patri- is gonna be. Patriots are, saying, are playing Buffalo, so that's that's that could be an easy loss for the Patriots. You could
0: you could talk about a team that's either going to be trying to pay tribute to their teammate or a team that's emotionally spent and that hasn't had yeah, much I guess that's true.
1: On. I guess that's true, um, but I mean, no, I, uh, none of us, none
0: of us know what's going to show up on that field this week. Yeah, and I almost think it's unfair to the Patriots, never mind the Bills, that the Patriots then have to play this game against them. Like, there's so many factors with this right now. I just, I, 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 I can't believe it. But, uh, but Anthony, the Dolphins, the Dolphins had many chances. They, they no, they, they did. They, they lost five in a row.
1: Yeah, no. They did. They, they, you know, made their bed now that they're lying in it. But they still have a glorious chance because they should beat the Jets. And all things considered, the Bills should beat, uh, beat the Patriots. Um, yeah. Last, well, then it was you, you also have to worry about the Steelers. The Steelers are 8-8 eight eight too. I believe the Steelers can still make the playoffs too. Um, yeah, but they need a Dolphins loss
0: and a Patriots loss and a win. Yeah. That, that um, gets them in. All three teams lose, then the Patriots go in.
1: My and last I there question was,
0: was one scenario. And
1: you know, obviously, the concern is for for Lamar Hamlin, and, and rightfully so. Um, yeah. But how how do they determine now who who's going to be the number one C in the AFC? Because they they're not as you saw they're not making any changes uh, right now to Week 18. So how are the Bills going to play that extra game? Because that extra game is going to determine who's you know who's who has the number one buy. Um, the Bills, the Bills are the Chiefs, um, because I mean, you can't, you can't be, you have to be fair to Buffalo. I mean, because if if Buffalo would have beat, if Buffalo would have would have beat Cincinnati, they would be tied with Kansas City. They have the tiebreaker, so all Buffalo I think it would come to, down to win percentage. So all Buffalo would have to do is beat the Patriots, and they have the Biden number one seed. But but if they don't make up that game. Then what? What I mean? What happens? Who, who, is, who is and when do they one? make
0: up that game? That's why I think actually it, it's it's a tough call. It's only Wednesday; they could still do this. I think the NFL should have canceled all games this week <laughs> and moved them all back a week. And you you I then think lose that's the good. bye week. You lose the bye week for the Super Bowl.
1: Then I think that's what they should have done because um, I think you just, I still I still think you need to play that game. I uh, know David's saying with any luck both the Chiefs and the Bengals lose. And yeah, that that's true, but. Yeah, um, yeah. It's going to be interesting how and, they play that out.
0: And look, again, I'm going to repeat what I said at the beginning of the program: the nothing matters except the health of Damar Hamlin. That being said, there was a lot about that game. We're talking. We're already talking about different seedings, uh, the chances of three different teams that could get home field uh, advantage in, and also. Yeah, I mean, as as folks said, don't give me about your fantasy teams or your gambling um, uh, pools, but it's stuff that is all still a factor. There are, there's tens of millions of dollars out there, if not hundreds, that are out there. But again, nothing matters except for the health of Demar Hamlin. I mean, it's that's the only thing that could possibly even matter on this. So before I go on a rant or accidentally get myself in trouble, which I shouldn't because again, the number one thing is this kid's health. There is nothing else. Everything else is irrelevant. And there were some other tweets from other reporters or such that they didn't realize what the magnitude of what was going on was is why, especially when it comes to injuries, don't say anything yet in hockey. We've, uh, I'm old enough to remember Clinton Larchuk. Uh, many people are old enough to remember Richard Zednick, who were two guys that had uh, their throats cut with blades. And fortunately, they were able to to live through it. I remember Dennis Bird. I remember um, the Lions guy. I think, it's, I think it's Utley. I can't remember his name at the moment. Um, I remember uh, Kevin Martin. Matter of fact, the same doctor that worked on Kevin Martin also worked on uh, Richard Zednick, and again, if Richard Zednick acted a little bit slower, he he would have been he would have lost his life. It's 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 amazing when you end up thinking about stuff like this, how crazy it could be. And uh, the guy that was hit on his head uh hit his head on the ice on the North Stars actually that one I don't remember. Yeah, it, it was Ali. Uh, Thank you, Frank. And by the way welcome to the show um but it's 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 crazy all the ramifications they talk about with these things and again nothing matters except this 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 kid's health um dave that's where the bill masterson order comes from that's that's amazing thank you it's one of those things um and, and again, it's, it's, and, and, and David, I understand what you're saying with that. Um, uh, I don't need to highlight what you, what you say right there. You're right about that, but um, there's still a process to go with all this. And as what a lot of people have said, Pete Rosell's worst decision ever was playing after the Kennedy assassination. And you, you don't need another moment like that, that. The, all, all sports leagues did the right thing after 9/11 by backing things up. Um, I think it was even two weeks. I don't even think it was one week, if I recall correctly.
1: Um,
0: no, it was just a week. It was just a week. That's when everything stood still. One week for the NFL, and I think it was uh, ten days for baseball. But it was—it's—it's it's crazy when moments like this happen, and the magnitude of it. This. I, I just, I just hope we're hearing more good news for for Hamlin soon enough. I mean, think about, think about what happened with Dale Earnhardt. Dale Earnhardt just routine, just just trying to block so that way uh, his son could finish in a better spot in the Daytona 500, and he ends up dying in a crash. Uh, there's, there's just too much of this uh, that that you can end up thinking about. Rich Peverly is the one that always came to mind right away for me. And uh, I want to say it was Yuri Hoodler for the Detroit Red Wings. I want to say that was around 2005 when he collapsed on the bench. And those were, and those were terrible moments. And it's just the, the magnitude of all this. And I don't blame a single NFL player. If they said, I don't want to play this week. I, I don't. Because what happened with that? Uh, it didn't seem like it was going to be a big deal. It seemed like it was just a routine play. And then I've had it where I I had one of uh, my regulars at the bar. They were just out with their family. And then suddenly um, they just fell like a plank like that. And um, she hit her head. We we got an ambulance and everything for her. And I I think they, they said it was from dehydration. So... It's sometimes sometimes stuff can happen uh, yeah there were pre-existing conditions he asked for Beverly and uh, Um Beverly by the way this is the story goes he has to go back into the game and fortunately the NFL, the easiest decision any, any league had to do is no like that happens you cancel the game thank you very much everybody we'll suspend the game we'll come back to it another time and you know I guess one way around it is: what if uh, the Bills win, the Bengals, the Chiefs lose, and then you could just say it's a seven-three win for the Bengals. There you go. But there's um, is just you never you never know with these things, and it's as Phil said before it was equivalent to getting struck by lightning. Like how freak it is. And uh, I had a friend of mine tell me it's something that happens with firemen there's an impact to the chest. It'll happen. But uh, again, our thoughts and our hearts all go out to him. And yeah, well, Dr. Dr. Atkins was a different story. Uh, But David's right about this. Like you could be walking down the street and just, you know... Have a heart attack. You just don't know when things can happen. Uh, but again, uh, it's so much praise to the the medical teams that were able to hopefully save his life and save save from potential brain damage. It's it, it's amazing. It's amazing what, what 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 had to be done. And again, all the players that that didn't want to come back on the field, the coaches that didn't want to come back come back, coach more than understandable so uh like i I love talking about sports that was one of those things i did not want to talk about and we've now actually talked about it at length so it's 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 great that sometimes you have to talk about things when it's uncomfortable because maybe you gotta talk about it to get positivity out there that's another thing out there so, guys, we're going to run. Uh, I'm going to have clips of this all throughout the week. Also, a clip from the uh, market goes to Chicago. Like I said, if you haven't checked that out, check that out right now. Uh, the, <laughs> the the Buffalo one is going to be interesting. I got a buddy of mine that went to uh, UB. And hopefully, we're going to have more of a day around there because I think we're going to get there at about 1130. Uh, check into the hotel and then uh, go walk around Buffalo for a little bit. There should be plenty of stuff to do. Uh, I am intending on doing some other Mark on the Roads. Uh, one of them that's going to be interesting, the NYPD versus the FDNY game. That's what we're planning on doing this year. I'm going to have to try to figure out some uh, creative ways off on top of all the other things i got to do with that. Um, but also looking to find where, where the next place is going to be, Washington or Columbus. Don't know. Gotta see those cannons. So uh that would Detroit's a good place to go, Boston. So we're working the East Coast. There's a chance we might even do um uh Canada or Ottawa. Could be the three of us? We'll let you know on that. Uh just somebody just hit me with what the um by the way, Dave said I went to Buffalo for a Bills game last year in November. It's a pretty cool place. Get a passport so you can go to Canada. I have a passport and I've been to Canada many times. So I can't wait for, for that. Frank, uh, yeah, let's go Team USA. What is the score right now, guys? Uh, I do not have it on. I will be turning that on in a short minute. So anyway, everybody, thank you very much for joining us today because we do this for you. Uh, sure, we'd like to explode and do this for a living too. so But we're not there yet uh we'll we'll always be trying to make the best show for you every single week so everyone thank you very much and you know just uh let's go rangers see what the islanders are doing and uh oh it's three three all right let's go team usa all right thank you guys we'll talk to you soon